Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. ESPN in St. Louis. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Matthew Rocky is also here. Hope you kids had a great weekend. Great long weekend. Oh, Fantastic. It was a great weekend. We need to do more of this. More four day week work <laughs> weeks. Yeah. I, I, I agree, Randy. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on your W, by the yes. way, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Much needed. It was a tough, tough battle. Went, went down to the wire, had to have a. Uh, had a game-winning sack by one of our kids to, to finish the game, so it was, nice. a, it was a really good game. Hazelwood Central over Parkway West, which forces Chip Carey into the position of having to say go Hawks. There we go. I texted BT. I don't have Chip's number, but I did text okay. BT over the weekend with the score. Uh, asked him to pass it along to Chip for me. He said, good. we'll do. It's getting done. <laughs> and so uh, I didn't hear it on the broadcast, so Chip, if you're listening, you know. We'll be waiting. Maybe we'll hear it tonight. The Cardinals, the Braves. Yeah, Cardinals in Atlanta opening a three-game series. Chips old stomping grounds. And, uh, Brooke, the Cardinals are 31 and a half games behind Atlanta. Oh. Oh. That is. uh... 31 and a half. (laughs) I think the Braves are catching the Braves this year. No. I think there's enough games. I don't think so whatsoever. That is uh, absolutely terrifying. The Braves are fantastic. The Cardinals, well, We've seen what we've got. Yeah, we've yeah, got this season, right? The Braves are a juggernaut. Not so much. Okay. Yeah, yeah not so much. I think that's a, a fair assessment, yeah. especially when you bring up that very scary 31 stat. And a half 31 games. and a half games, yeah. Well, and like it could be worse. The Rockies are 40 and a half behind. So that means the Cardinals, who, by the way, uh, trail Pittsburgh now by five, right? No, oh. oh, four. No, four. We're Pittsburgh. That four. hurts worse. We're in dead last place. The f- we, they. Four, four, four and a half, five to the Pirates hurts a lot worse than forty to the Braves. I'm just gonna say that right now. Yeah, I don't, does. I don't, I don't know. Nineteen games under five hundred feels really yeah. bad. Seventeen games back in the division feels really bad. I mean, how many times do you look at how far you are behind other teams in other divisions? Your division is the one you are concerned. Seventeen yeah. games. Yeah. What are we? What, what are we shooting and for here? We're four and a half out of fourth. I keep calling us we. I can't believe this. I, is it are we going down with this ship? Are we, are we like the captain <laughs> totally. as a part of the Titanic? Or are we the band that we're, is continuing to play? We're probably the band. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to keep stringing along, strumming yeah. along. So the Cardinals at Atlanta tonight, but the Cardinals have something to look forward to. A great weekend against Pittsburgh for Jordan Walker. It's as simple as relaxing the plate, man. Uh, when I get out of it, that means I'm overswinging, trying to do too much, and I feel like when I'm relaxed, I put my best baseball. So I just got to remember and tell myself in the box to relax and you know let my swing play. Yeah, there's uh, there's stuff clicking for him, and the swing plays as it did multiple times over the course of the weekend. He was great. He had, hit a couple home runs. It's a home run every game now. He's I mean, kind of he, Babe Ruth. He's kind of doing his thing. I mean, I, I, you know, we talked about Jordan Walker and his potential, his ability. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy that is going to probably hit you around 25 home runs a year, probably drive in around 90, 
you know, maybe top out at 100 and 110 at one year, one point. Um, he's going to average between 270 and 290 his career. Like, that's what he is. He's going to get on base, 12 to 15 stolen bases. That's like that type of longevity over a 15-year career. Sign me up. And he's just finding his group, right? We see that athletic ability. We knew that he would be able to at least find it. I think it's really encouraging that he's finding it in the second half of the season. And also just the improvement that he's making in his right field defense. Mm -hmm. Those pre-game. That is is beautiful. That is the big part right there. The fact that he's able to do that so quickly, I think, says a lot about him. I know that it's been frustrating for some fans to watch with early on this season. But remember, he hasn't played this position that much in his entire career. They didn't get him started until July 1st of last year after they traded Harrison Bader. Right, so he's been great there. And the Cardinals kind of, I, I would say they they misread him when they, well, they said that they were wanting him to work on his launch angle and his <laughs> ability to get on base. Uh, I, I think that they really were concerned about their outfield glut yes. and getting him into the lineup. But he should have been in the lineup every day. So the question is, and Jimmy the Cat Hayes asked this on Bally Sports over the weekend. How much is he concerned about launch angle? Not at all, man. Uh, coach just told me how to think about it. I'm not really thinking about it at all. Right now, I'm just trying to get the barrels to the ball. That's a simple thought. That's kind of what Albert Pools did when he was a player. I, I have not heard. <laughs> I've listened to Alex Rodriguez. I've listened to Albert Pujols, two guys that have hit a lot of home mm-hmm. runs. Barry Bonds. I don't think I've ever heard those guys mention the word launch angle. And they are the top home run hitters in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Why why we have this ideology that you have to swing it a certain way. Put the ball put the bat on the ball and good things tend to happen. And one thing Jordan Walker has done before he left, since he's come back, he's hit the ball extremely hard. If you're hitting it 100 miles per hour, it's going to go through more than likely. Mm-hmm. Or it's mm-hmm. going to be hit right at somebody that's going to be you know, going to be screaming. They're going to have to make a great play. He's done that his entire time. He's continuing to do it. He's hitting the ball in the right field. That shot he hit the center field was beautiful. It's just fun to watch a, watch a young player grow in the game. And, and as you said, Brooke, what we thought was going to be an issue right field, he's making diving catches. Yep. He catches, he's getting balls off the wall and holding McCutcheon to a single, not allowing him to go to second. Those are the types of things that great players do, and he's going to be a great player. The ability to adapt, to adjust on the fly quickly is just because he's so talented and he, he's able to do it better than some people can. It's almost like, and I just want to say this, patience. I know that's a triggering wow. word this season. Patience. Don't you say that. Patience. Devil word. I know. It feels illegal to say because of the season. We heard it too much early on. Yeah. But just some patience with Mason Wynn because look how it pays off. I think Mason Wynn defensively is already a little bit ahead in his position than what we saw with Jordan Walker and how he adjusted. Now he just needs to settle in a little bit more offensively and not do too much. Just get back to or when I say get back, I'm talking in the minor leagues, just that confidence at the plate that he had there. We are on the YouTube, and all you need to do is go to uh, YouTube and then type in 101 ESPN STL. You can watch us there. But before you go to us, just type in the word Gary Sheffield, words Gary Sheffield, his name, and uh, talk to me about Launch Angle after you watch Gary Sheffield swing <laughs> like the bat Gary a few Sheffield times. Swing the bat. Swing. Swing was pretty hard. He was fun to watch swing the bat. Uh, Zach Thompson, terrific on Sunday as the Cardinals had Labor Day off. He goes seven innings, allows seven hits, three runs, no walks, six strikeouts. Thompson is solidifying himself, maybe not as the number five, maybe as a number four guy. What what happened over the weekend? Do it. Yeah. No, Randy. Don't get sucked in. They told us they were going to go get three pitchers. Don't you do this. (laughs) Well, here's the the thing. When they they said that they were going to get three pitchers, 
Shohei Otani was going to be, be a free agent pitcher. Julio Urias was yep. going to be a free agent pitcher. The market and, and shrunk over the weekend. It sure oh, did. It, it, uh, Urias isn't pitching again. He yes. got arrested on domestic violence for the first, second time in four years. He'll, he probably won't pitch in the majors again. He shouldn't pitch in the majors again. And so now those two free agents are there, and Aaron Nola is, hmm, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about it, guys. Sorry for you. Great for me. Aaron Nola just has to be, well, I don't know if you actually celebrate somebody get arrested over the weekend but you're like you you talk to your agent say i will admit "Mm, to this now i will will have a i will have a moment of clarity a moment of honesty (laughs) with you all when i was a free agent you know bouncing around trying to get teams i used to look at the waiver wire i used to go to footballscoop.com and show you all the people that were injured not that i was rooting for any fullbacks to get injured but when they did I knew that meant it was an opportunity for me. Hey. So, <laughs> your loss, my yeah, game. That happens in broadcasting, too. <laughs> it works. Yeah, yeah. Job, job opening. Yeah, uh, we're talking $30, $40 million yeah. now. Yeah. 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 You're paying attention. worried about it. Adam Wainwright pushed back from uh, a start on Sunday to Thursday with general soreness. More acceptable for a 42-year-old guy than a 27-year-old guy? Yes. General soreness? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Uh, is that, that felt very uh, pointed, you know? Oh, my pointed? shot at uh, Jack Flaherty? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it well, was. I thought it was at Tyler O'Neill. Didn't he have oh, general soreness, Yeah, too? but he's... He had a sore knee. There was, there's a lot yeah. going on with Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, yeah there is. <laughs> uh, tough one for St. Louis City SC at Sporting KC on Saturday, and uh, the final score was 2-1. to one. And the question is, doesn't this whole sport have VAR for a reason? What is VAR? Matthew? Video assisted referee. Oh, mm. do we need that? Well, y- yeah, you do. That's and y- and you have it because there's a lot of bang mm-hmm. bang plays. I mean, you got to take a look at them. There's a lot of you know offsides. You got to take a look at. But hey, you know why use it in critical moments in a big game, yeah. like when there's a handball late in the game? Do they not when... have challenges like the NFL? Or Major League Baseball, maybe they should have a challenge system. No, because they're supposed to go because it's you're supposed to go to VAR when it's a deemed they, a close play. When, like, when there's a close offsides call on a goal that you and, somehow and call offsides. They make mistakes in football and baseball. They referee the the coach throws his challenge flag and we we but challenge that play. The entire game though is supposed to be like the last two minutes where everything that's saying, skeptical what comes I'm from the booth. Is, give them a challenge flag. I agree. Throw Why it out just there on the ball to touch the just ball with everything. your hand. No, that's I don't Randy. No, Randy, that's a different sport. <laughs> oh, uh, what sport is that? I don't know, basketball. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ironically, football. <laughs> football. But, but there's a lot different. of huge plays, and, yeah. and it was. And, and I don't. I don't want to blame the referee because again, I'll blame city, the referee. City, city did a bad job of you know getting you know attacking in, in an away game, but when you get one of your goals taken away because. Yeah. They're not going to the VAR and they're not using it the way they should, or just the VAR isn't getting the angles that allows them to do their job. It's a problem. Garage League. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> can we give a shout out to the City SC fans showing oh, up yeah, to great. the game this past weekend? I I absolutely love it. That just shows how dedicated this fan base fan base is. I think it was thousands. I don't know if there was an exact estimate on how many fans went to the game this weekend. I mean, they said they said they set an attendance record in their stadium. Exactly. That's all, that's and all I so know. thousands. And I saw the video. I saw pictures of fans going mm. out there. Congratulations to the fans for continuing to build up rivalries, to show up to big events like that, and to show everybody why City SC deserves to be taken seriously in their inaugural season. So we'll give claps to that. Absolutely. At one point, I had, and I don't anymore, I don't know where it went, I had a toasted rav head, a foam toasted rav head, similar to a cheese head. I don't remember, but I know (laughs) some entrepreneurs out there 
when St. Louis City SC goes on the road, we got to get all the fans decked out in toasted rabbit like heads. So you Everybody. know, you like yeah. cheeseheads when the you Packer know, fans you know are on the road, with. you know. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> toasted rabbit heads. This is a good idea, Randy, because you're practically wearing a messy jersey right now. I am. With that light pink. Inter, inter, I mean, it looks like Inter, inter Miami, Miami all oh, over. Beautiful. Come on. Yeah. Wow. He's, no. yeah, I, Did you see his no. uh, his uh, bodyguard this weekend? Oh, Had yeah. a little. Oh. He got some action. He got somebody, some action. Somebody this ran on the field to hug Messi, and this dude just took off took like a bolt of lightning. It's a former Navy but SEAL. But he got to hug how, him, though. Uh, he got he, to he, hug so him. So he didn't do his job well enough. He got to Messi. He got to Messi. Do you think you get Doc Pay if your if your job is to keep people off of Messi and people actually get too messy? Yes. If that's your sole purpose, you're strolling the sidelines for that sole purpose. That, that guy failed. We have a conversation that, later on. They need no. to, that, guy needs, that guy needs a laser. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. A laser? Yeah, he needs a laser. What are you going to do with no. the laser? Yeah. No. No, Randy. Just split somebody no. in half as they're running on the field. <laughs> that's aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> can't 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 do that to people, right? Uh, Why? That 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 a laser. You don't want to. Uh, but it, he's a former Navy SEAL, and his job is to protect Messi. Yeah, but that's that's a different level of protection. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that, I'm just imagining how that would work out, and how you keep the laser from not hitting others accidentally. That laser worked good. It did. Woo wee! I mean, he put a laser on him, and he went down like a sack of onion. <laughs> he did. <laughs> It would take him a little while to get his heart beating. <laughs> Woo <Woo-wee>. Yes! <laughs> taser? Laser or taser? Okay, wait. I, those are two different things. Taser. Oh, I was like, I was thinking an actual laser. I was, I was thinking a laser and had something on the end of it. I, I, was, I, I was like, man, that's a that's really aggressive. Taser. That makes a lot more sense. I think that helps it because yeah, helps quicker. Because it happened this weekend at Bush Stadium too. I don't know why all this keeps happening. but they just need to outfit the ushers with guns. I think that'd be the. Randy, Randy, I don't think I don't think you should do that. Why? If you're gonna run on the field, I mean that's their domain. It's a taser. We can we can we can go with a taser, not a laser or a gun. Or a gun. In the face. No, Randy. We wanna we. Are they gonna also give out therapy for for everybody afterwards after children out there? Explain that to your child. Well, they see it on TV every day. Oh, this is true. Okay, I L L I N I. I N I. We got it. Yeah. Oh, that was scary. Twenty eight over Toledo. I barely made it. I thought they were going to choke that thing away, but they came out with the victory, got a field goal, and, you know, they were able to take care of business. How about Dion with his first game, 45-42 over number 17 TCU? Colorado might have been the worst, well, they were the worst college football team last year. They were one of the five worst college football teams in the history of college football last year, and they beat the team that played for the national championship. Granted, they got beat 67-7 to by the SEC, but that, still, that TCU. That was a different team. Yeah, it was. They, they, they yeah. lost a lot of players, but all in all, the Co- way that, that, that Colorado Dion has did that 87 thing, new players. It's amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, people. And and here's the thing. I, I so many people are frustrated and upset with Dion for how he went about. It's really a business in college football. You, I explain that to my young men. It is a business. It's not about your feelings. It's not about friendships. It's a business. And if, in this business, if you're not producing, they have an opportunity to move on from you. And it's always been that way. People don't understand that those scholarships are one-year renewable contracts. If you perform well now, generally, it doesn't matter if you're good or not. If you earn the scholarship and mm-hmm. you are doing your schoolwork, being a good student, being a good person on campus, college is usually, you know, 
renew that year that year to year scholarship. But they don't have to. I've seen guys even when I was playing, and coaches say, "Hey, uh, we need that scholarship. You, yep. you aren't performing at the level that we need. We, we we need it. We got four or five guys at your position. You, we need that scholarship. So it is a business, and Dion is treating is treating it as such. And those guys went out there and performed. Shadour Sanders, for as much as they talked about him. Being an HBCU quarterback, oh, he's not to the level. He went out there and he shredded TCU's defense to pieces. Was it like 510 yards? Yeah. yards. And four yeah. different four receivers with four with oh. 100 yards. That that to me is is outstanding. Yeah. And by and the Travis way, Travis Hunter, cool. Yes. Yeah, 109 snaps played both ways. Incredible. And all of those players that Dion and his staff kicked off the team. They don't have to leave Colorado. They're schol- they still get their scholarship mm-hmm. if they decide to stay at Colorado, but they just won't be playing football. And I think they, I think I heard that they only have like ten players on scholarship yeah, right that's now. Right. The from, Colorado from last football year. team. It, it's it's crazy. It is crazy. But you know, like you said, those guys. It's a business. Dion has gone about it in a way that if you're not taking care of your business, I don't think he cut anybody that just. Was they weren't weren't good, obviously, mm-hmm. but they weren't willing to work as well. If you are willing to work and put in the effort, I'm sure those guys were able to stay around. It was just a different mindset when he got in there than they were accustomed to. Yeah, and I and that's what it's about, right? It's a harsh lesson in reality, but also makes you work harder. It makes mm-hmm. you work harder for that job, that role to get on his good side so that you are able to play. And after everything that he went through at Jackson State, I'm happy to see him really just kind of throw it back at the haters and the people who doubt yeah. him. And I know we're going to get into that post game afterwards, mm-hmm. but I, you could tell that he really relished that and used a lot of that stuff as bulletin board material for his group and for himself going into the season, and it paid off. So Colorado wins over TCU, 45-42. Other college football games of note, Florida State over LSU, 45-24. I couldn't see that one. I have Spectrum. Clemson oh, over uh, Duke beats Clemson, 28-7. <laughs> couldn't see that one. I have Spectrum. Spectrum. I saw the FSU game. Why didn't you see that one? Oh, that was Fox. It was ABC. Oh, that's right. It was. Oh, I, but I, I was looking for it on ESPN. Oh, I saw that one. I didn't see the Duke. I was livid last night, yeah. Randy. Livid. To yeah. Spectrum, you better you got you got about forty eight hours to yeah. get together. And you know what these people, Spectrum and ESPN, saying, "Oh, we're trying to work a deal." You know what? If you're trying to work a deal, I hope you were negotiating all weekend long. I yeah. hope you weren't sitting in the you Hamptons. You know that they weren't, though, is the thing. And I I just don't Disrespect. get it. I don't get why we are still dealing with this right now when you know how important it is for people to see this game and it's not cheap it's so expensive right you should be able to watch the games that you want to watch is why is that just not a business yeah. formula that they do not want to follow the microcosm of where we are in america <laughs> billionaires fighting and everybody else suffering yeah suffering we suffering. didn't get to see clemson and duke yeah and duke oh. won and now we've got uh, allegedly. I didn't see it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's what you were told. No, no, they won. That's what you were told. Another weekend of college football, and then the NFL season starting next week. Fortunately, the op- Monday night opener next week, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman with the Jets and the Bills. That game will be on ABC, no. so you'll be able to see it here in St. Louis. Good. But if you're in one of them where they have an owned and operated station, Disney, I think New York, L.A., Chicago, you don't have a chance because they own the ABC stations. Disney owns the. Uh, ABC stations there too, so you're screwed in the big markets. Mm, mm, if wow. indeed you want to watch the Jets and the Bills. All right, we're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Our text line is open 314-399-9646-314-399-Yo-ho! It's great to have you with us. Don't forget to watch us on the YouTube. And coming up, the Cardinals will be taking on the team with the best record in the National League, the best record in baseball this week. How much can that help the young Cardinals as they move forward? That's next on 101 ESPN. 
You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Driven toward the right field corner. Walker on the run. He dives and got there. Timed his jump perfectly. Driven center. They sent him down, and they wanted him to work on hitting the ball in the air. Oh, missile down the line. Keep it fair. It's a line drive. Homer. Have yourself a homestand, Jordan Walker. Chip carried the call on Valley Sports over the weekend, and uh, Jordan Walker did have a terrific homestand. The Atlanta Braves, hopefully, are... A model for the Cardinals. If you look at their team, uh, and they have developed young pitching, and they've had some pitching go by the wayside too. They, Max Fried spent most of this year on the IL. Uh, they still don't have Kyle Wright back. They've had issues in their bullpen, but they brought up Ozzy Albies. They brought up Austin Riley. They uh, were able to get a guy like uh, Michael Harris the second last year's rookie of the year in the lineup. Acuna is maybe the best player. And then they filled in nicely with veterans, young veterans around them, people like Sean Murphy and Matt Olson. Uh, both, by the way, came from the athletics. Orlando Arcia has been a revelation shortstop with the loss of Dansby Swanson to the Mets. Uh, they've gotten really good work out of Eddie Rosario, who they got in the World Series year, and Ozuna. And the Braves have the best record in baseball at 90-46. and 46. I would hope that the young Cardinals can take a look across the diamond this week and maybe get an idea of what is possible because the the Cardinals have a lot of good young players like the Braves did in 2018-2019 that are on their way to hopefully turning into a championship squad. The Cardinals need to add a lot to get to Atlanta's level, but what Atlanta was four or five years ago is what the Cardinals are right now. I agree. I mean, I I think that... With the Cardinals, too, you have these young stars in Jordan Walker and Mesa Wynn. There's a lot of hope surrounding that and a lot of potential, which, CD, I know that you don't always like that word, potential. But I think that these two have very, very high potential. And you see Jordan Walker and how things are panning out for him right now and paying off. I mean, a huge weekend for him. Two for four with a solo home run, a double, an additional run scored. And Sunday, as we saw, and extending his hitting streak to six games. And I don't think it's a coincidence that you're seeing more more of that confidence at the plate as he's able to play in his position every day, essentially. Whoa. Whoa. Yes. That, that, does that Consistently. Being able to build up some of that consistency is something that I think pays off for these young players. And then you look at his improvement in right field defense. All those lessons with Willie McGee pregame are really working out. So you have him building that confidence defensively. And I don't think it's coincidence that it's paying off offensively for him. And that's why I said earlier, patience with Mason Wynn. I know yeah. that it wasn't a great homestand for him. What was it, like 3 for 18 during the homestand? I think he's hitting like 170 right now. And defensively, we've seen that athletic ability. It's just going to take a little bit of time for that to come together like we've seen with Walker. Ignore the launch angle stuff and mm-hmm. that's that's my one thing. If you're going to let the players continue to grow and develop, don't harp on little things like that. I say little things because it should be insignificant in the grand scheme of things when you're building teams and you want them to be young and to be successful and to eventually get to what the Braves are doing. And one thing these two teams have in common is the 2020 draft. And the Cardinals got Walker, yes. Wynn, Tink Hentz, and Alec Burleson all out of that 2020 draft. And by the way, there were only five rounds. The top two Brave starters this year 
Spencer Strider was taken in the fourth round of that draft out of Clemson. Bryce Elder was taken in the fifth round of that draft out of uh, Texas at Austin. They drafted a couple of college pitchers who are absolute studs right now. And the Cardinals need, A, Tink Hentz to turn into what Strider and or Elder have turned into. And then they need to get lucky with a guy that's not a first. Well, they just need to get lucky with a pitcher. The Cardinals haven't gotten lucky with a starting pitcher in forever. And they need to get lucky with one. When's the last time? Might have been Matt Morris. I mean, it's been a long time since the Cardinals have developed a stud starter. Because all of the guys that, I mean, Alex Reyes hurt, yep. Jack Flaherty hurt. The guys that you thought were going to be that guy. Uh, um, uh, Carlos Martinez was kind of, he, he showed flashes of it, but didn't really stick to it. No, wasn't, Anthony wasn't able, Reyes? Yeah, there's a lot of, mm-hmm. lot of guys that you thought were going to be stars, superstars, that just didn't pan out. Um, you're talking about this Braves team and, and how the Braves went about signing their guys early and making sure that they had them under contract that may be because guys because teams like the Cardinals and, and the Braves and teams like that don't want to spend money in the manner in which the Padres or the Mets do you probably are going to have to spend money earlier more money earlier than you would as opposed to spending a lot more money later because you don't want to and so you're looking at a guy like Jordan Walker 21 years old Next year, maybe you're saying, okay, we need to give this kid a, a mm-hmm. seven- to eight-year deal. Maybe this year. Maybe, maybe at the end of this <laughs> <Yeah>. year. <laughs> Before he gets it, seven to eight years, and it's going to be $140, 130000000 mm-hmm. million. Dollars. I, you, but you have to do that to lock these guys up because you don't want them to go to free agency because that number is going to be double that. Yeah. What do you think the big thing that the Braves did that the Cardinals didn't is? Mm, Final starting pitch. Yeah, Trade for so- Sean Murphy? Oh, mm. <laughs> let's not bring that what, up again. What, 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 Sean Murphy. Yeah, the Cardinals would have had to give up too much, I think. Well, and now they're going to have to give up a lot this offseason. So yeah. this is a position that you're in, which it's not Wilson Contreras' fault. I feel like we have to keep saying yeah. that for this season. But it, it's it's definitely perplexing how we've gotten to this point with the Cardinals. And you brought up the point about drafting and developing pitchers. That is a little bit concerning because are we going to get into this position where you're in this offseason where you could have a starting rotation that weren't – you know, drafted or developed by the Cardinals. I know that they're working with Zach Thompson right now. I know that Matthew Libertor isn't a player that you drafted necessarily, but a pitcher you could say you could develop, and that hasn't panned out that well. You could have a whole starting rotation that really doesn't have that Cardinals touch to it. It's all outside the organizational help, somebody that you Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily develop. Right, and uh, Libertor, and by, by the way, I guess it's unfair of us to not say that Wayno was developed by mm. the Cardinals, right? Because he, he came, he was traded, he never pitched in the majors for Atlanta. So let's go with that as the last stud that the Cardinals were able to get. But to me, Libertor is a huge key, Brooke, because I, I have confidence in Thompson, and I think that Hudson can be a back-of-the-rotation guy. And ordinarily, if you sign free agents, the first year of signing a, a free agent pitcher is not great anyway. To me, the the X factor here, and maybe they skipped Graceffa over the weekend, I don't know what he's going to be. And Rom is there. But I I really think that Libertor, from an ability standpoint, is going to be the X factor for the 24 Cardinals. So you think, because I think the way that Zach Zach Thompson is pitching, Mm -hmm. he's probably going to be in the rotation Mm -hmm. issue. We don't know. We still don't know what what Steven Matz, the injury. He was pitching well. He performed. He he did well in spring training, then struggled, then started pitching well when he got back uh, into the bullpen and back into the starting rotation. We. I think the jury is still out on 22 million reasons. So you think he's going to be in the starting think rotation? The contract place. Okay, Dakota Hudson. He, I think, is battling for that number five spot. So that's four pitchers once you add Miles Michaelis. And we were told they were Michaelis, going to go get three. Max. Yep. 
three starting pitchers right. in the offseason, it's not going to happen. And I want people to replay that tape when it I said a, a month ago, it's not going to happen. They aren't going to go get three starting pitchers. Now now they have the built-in excuse, well, Shohei getting hurt and Yuri is getting in his situation. The market changed. It, it, it shrunk. So now there were more suitors for less pitchers, which is going to be the case. But the Cardinals, in my opinion, were never going to go get three starters, especially if Zach Thompson, Dakota Hudson, Matthew Libertor were pitching or are pitching well. And with Zach Thompson, he looked really good this weekend. Yeah. We, we've been wanting to see him get a little mm-hmm. bit deeper into games. And I think he fits more in line with now their new pitching philosophy, which is more swing and miss stuff. I think that Zach Thompson fits more in line with that. Dakota has done well, but as we've said, you cannot consume Dakota Hudson. Mm-hmm. I still think you still have to go get three starting pitchers because it's necessary, especially if you want to go deeper into the playoffs and the postseason. We see how necessary that is. I think that they still have to address that. And by the way, just Matthew Libertor in his last outing, 90 pitches to get through three innings. Yeah. That's not good. No, Two not runs, good. one earn, three really? hits, six strikeouts, five walks, not efficient. He is activated, by the way. They yeah. designated Taylor Motter for assignment yesterday. No! <laughs> <laughs> we needed the camera to zoom in. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I can do that in post. I wonder if I can like take that. Zoom in. <laughs> like the anime zoom in where it's just like the. <laughs> oh. By the way, we talk about three starters. One thing they can do because they literally need six relief pitchers. I'm, oh, done, yeah. I'm, I'm done with Drew Verhagen. Can I be done with Can I be done? Thank you. I was going to say, t- yeah. give him his proper name right I, now. I think oh, the only relief draw. pitcher that, that, that I'm okay with keeping for next year right now is JoJo Romero. Uh, yeah, I think that that... Uh, you well, find I, me another but one. But I, I think they'll give Helsley... I, I think Helsley will be When he's available. When he's healthy. But I think he'll, I, I think he'll be here. Okay. Yeah, um, guy I, I'm, I know they'll keep him, but I'm done with him. He, oh, my God. By the way, he only pitched six times in August. JoJo is... Is the only one Yo-ho. that I... The oh. Yoho. Yeah, what the hell is Pilate still doing here? I forget until he comes back every yeah. once in a while. 26 blown oh, saves of the King? season, by the way. Uh, what is Casey? <laughs> Casey at the bat. No. Randy, what is Pilate Jacob, doing here? Jake Barnes. He's going to be he's gonna be your eighth <laughs> starter in February. What are you talking about? Oh, no. Jake Barnes. No, yeah. I'm, I'm done with Jake Barnes. I, I, the only one. Did I Suarez? I, I, I don't even know if I've seen him enough. He's seven point oh two. That's why I haven't seen him enough. <laughs> you haven't. You've seen plenty of him. <laughs> Trust me, you have. Already, I probably changed yeah. the channel. I'm like, okay. James Nail, eight point eight ERA. Oh, brother. I think that lost Saturday was a a snapshot of this entire yeah. season. Yes. Like if you wanted yeah. to, if you wanted to take a picture of what the entire season was. Take a picture. Look at that entire game, and you can say, okay, I can see how they are 19 games under 500 and 17 and a half games back in the division. Makes sense. Unreal. 26 yeah. blown state of it the season. Bad. Coming up, I can bad. give you some more bad news if you'd like. We'll do that on our, uh, <laughs> our bird watch for droppings next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. 
browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles Pacific and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right, kids. Take it or leave it is coming up next segment, but I got a quick take it or leave it for you. Okay? What you got? Take it or leave it. TBD of Atlanta would be the Cardinals' number one starter. Take it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Take it. Oh. <laughs> Guys, uh, fun facts. We have we, we make friends in the in the business, and our, our old friends are doing well. Our old friend Chris Stratton, Texas Rangers, traded oh, at the deadline. Yeah. Uh, Forty-two games with the Cardinals, four point one nine. He just you know he just couldn't make. He, there, there was good reason to move Chris Stratton. He just could not perform at a high enough level. We were talking last segment about how the Cardinals need to completely rebuild their bullpen. Clearly, that is the case. Well, Chris Stratton has shown the real Chris Stratton in Texas, where he's pitched in 13 games to a 1.77 earned run average after compiling a 4.19 here in St. Louis in 42 games. Is that good? That's pretty good. Oh, uh, you remember back, um, it was a little bit before the deadline, uh, remember Henesis Cabrera? I remember him. I think so. He was a pitcher for the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, the colored you, gloves. He, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, okay. you know, he always, yeah. he's, he was always, every guy, game he brought him into, he allowed a run, right? Mm. Let me, and he's kind of uh, approximated that in Toronto. Here's his earned, run, uh, earned runs allowed in 21 <laughs> games for the Blue Jays. Uh, zero, 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 he allowed one in his 19th game, and then 0-0. Zero, zero. This weekend, his earned run average ballooned to 0.54 when he allowed that run. Ballooned. Now it's back down, though. Yeah, now now it's back down to uh, 0.49, 18 innings, 18 and a third for Toronto for Henesis Cabrera. Ten hits, one earned run. Uh, That's uh, pretty uh, good, too. Uh, what? Uh, what hey, what did we get in return for him, by the oh, way? Oh, we got a catcher. But we don't have a we catching got, instructor. Oh, four catchers. Well, Martinez or some. How many catchers do we have? I don't even know the guy's how many catchers does, yeah. How many catchers? Oh, by the way, Hennessy's Cabrera, 5.06 earned run average in St. Louis, 0.49 earned run average with the Toronto Blue Jays. So it could be two things. It could be one. It could be a few things. One, you know, change, a change scenery. of scenery does <laughs> yes. a lot. It does, yeah. When you are frustrated, when you are upset, when you are bothered, a change of scenery can reset you, refocus you, and allow you to, to perform it the way you think you can. It could also be that maybe the instructions are different. Mm-hmm. Maybe what the, the, the voice is different. Maybe what he's hearing and how it's being um, told to him is different. And so resonates with him more? It, it possibly. And so all those things are are real things that could be potentially what is causing these guys to perform at the level that they are right now. It is my sincere hope 
that this is not a coaching issue that's causing the Cardinals to have to go out and rebuild rebuild their bullpen over the course of the 23-24 offseason. Well, it was it was the fact that they couldn't send anyone down. They couldn't send that they had mm-hmm. they were limited in how they could move people around in that bullpen. They were stuck with the guys that they were there that were there. There was no no ability to DFA anyone. They they the pitchers, the starting pitchers, if they didn't perform well, that bullpen was gassed and then they weren't performing well. And as you said, Randy, you don't think anybody that's there now other than Yo Yoho Romero. Yoho. And maybe Helsley if he's a healthy. But then, and do you trust Helsley? Like he he's really? a guy that, no. that is he gonna take the ball every every opportunity that no. is given to him? So well, I want guys on my team that I know, even when they're sore, even when they're hurt, the Mm -hmm. mindset, the mentality, I'm going to go fight for my guys. I'm going to go give you everything that I have, and I'll worry about the sore and the pain tomorrow. And and by the way, here's... Yeah, I think that's fair. Fair question. Do Ryan Helsley and Tyler and Yale have like a pact on how few of games they can play this season? I mean, they they do not want to play. I'm I'm fully convinced of that at this moment. By the way, here is the... uh, Since... Cabrera got to Toronto. Days rest. 0-3-0-1-1-1-1-0-1-2-2. This is kind of like a... you ever been to the dental, the measuring thing? Yes. 1-1-2-1-1-0-3-0-1-1-1-0-1-2-2. Uh, uh, one, <laughs> one, 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 uh, one. So he's pitched a lot on back-to-back days or one day's rest. That's painful. Must be nice. CD, yeah. it's like how you were talking about earlier that you would pay attention to if somebody got injured. Do you think that John Mosaic just looks at all the guys who have oh, yeah. left the organization mm. is like oh, seeing? Yeah. He's like, oh my god, are you serious? What are Come we on, doing? give him a run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give him a run already. Maybe look bad. Yeah, we DFA'd him. I, I think that was a personal issue between yeah. Oh, yeah. the, the that, team it, and, yes. and and Hennessy's Cabrera. He just was he was sick well, of it. You know what? You can't allow personality to determine your roster. You shouldn't. Especially so the thing that people get hung up on is coaches, upper upper management is I don't like that guy. Mm. So what? Mm. Everyone yeah. is not the same person. So yeah. what that you don't like him? Does he perform? Mm-hmm. Is he a game? Is he a, is he a guy that is going to show up in game big time uh, games and big time moments? Mm-hmm. That's what I care about. I don't have to personally like you. You don't have to be. Everybody does not have to fit a certain mold for us to be a perfect team. The best teams have different types of characters yes. from all different walks of life, and that's the beauty of it. We all find a common ground, and that's winning damn games. The mm-hmm. defensive coordinator of the Giants, Bill Belichick, would go to Parcells and say. Lawrence Taylor's sleeping in meetings. And Parcells would say, well, what's he doing on Sunday? We'll treat everybody fairly, but everybody's not going to be treated equally. Yeah, let's, let's make sure we That's understand it. that. That's yeah. LT. He, yeah. he didn't want to sleep in his sleep. I might nudge him. Hey, wake up. But, but if he says no, okay. Now, if he's not performing, if he don't Different. go get the quarterback, That's he gets caught. Now we got a problem. Yeah. Exactly. Is he getting the quarterback? Yes. Yeah. Let that man rest there. What the hell are you bothering him for. It's like Randy Moss when he was with the Patriots. They said he was obsessed with Dateline, and that's what he would focus a yeah. lot of his time on. Right. right. <laughs> Do I got to go right or not? Yeah. That's right. Hand up. Throw it. Yeah. Exactly. All right. My my bird watch is not a splat. 
I'm sorry. I know, Rock. I'm, I'm being a little positive. You two or three to the pirates. We're over here. Sunshine and lollipops. Go no, it's not sun. Okay. <laughs> it was already it's over. It's not <laughs> sunshine and lollipops. It's not. We're together. I mean, so my bird watch, CD, you were talking about how Saturday's game is kind of what we saw this season yep. for the Cardinals. I hope that Sunday is maybe a little bit more of a glimpse in the future. We talked about Jordan Walker, and I know that's what you're going to get on. And I'm going to look at Zach Thompson. I think Zach Thompson has been really encouraging. Uh, it, he hasn't been going that deep into games, but on Sunday you were able to see that. Seven innings. Three runs, seven hits, six strikeouts, and more importantly, no walks. Since coming up in August, he's had just he's had seven appearances, five of which were starts. He's two for two, two and two, with three point three oh ERA, only seven walks during that time. And he talked about the importance this past weekend of Ollie Marmol giving him a clean slate. You know, it's no secret I I struggled in Memphis early in the year trying to start, trying to add too much all at once and uh you know, just simplifying that. Got got kind of a break there in July. Didn't throw for a while, and just gave me a gave me a fresh start. And not making excuses. CD, you were talking about just kind of the importance of you know really letting the players be the players that they need to be. Mm-hmm. And this season, we've all seen it. We discuss it. He didn't get like a fair shot at a lot of things, but he's not sitting there griping about it. And maybe he feels differently behind the scenes. Uh, scenes. I don't blame him whatsoever, but he's not making excuses. Instead, he's looking at this as a fresh start, not only with himself, but the organization. And so I think that that's very important because he's been everywhere, bullpen, now a starter mm-hmm. again. And then it's just all over the place. I think it's telling that he's not talking about how much Dusty Blake has helped him, but he's talking about watching tape of Craig yeah. Clayton Kershaw. Mm-hmm. Hey, what, he, Whatever works. Is he, yeah, right, is he right. a future Hall of Famer? Clayton Kersh- Kershaw? Yes, he is. Okay, then yep. I, I don't think yep. you should have a problem watching a guy that you want to emulate or, you know. I don't think that's a problem either. Pattern after. I'm going to go with Jordan Walker. We talked about his defense. We've talked about... <laughs> Sorry, Ron. He was, he's splat happy this morning. <laughs> Listen, it, yeah, it's sunshine lollipops. I'm with Brooke. A, a Saturday was the was the day where you knew what this team was. Exactly. Sunday is what you look forward to. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, the, the last game of, th- of a three-game series that you win. <laughs> you win. <laughs> we won the last game. I don't know if you know this, Rock. Yeah, picked up a game on the Pirates. The, Rock doesn't game. want to believe that. We're still 19 games back. Yeah, still four and a half out of... 19 games uh, under, uh, under 500. Four and a half out of fourth. Okay. Future well, World Series so champ Pirates. That there's hope. There is hope. There you go. Yeah, so that's all we, no, that's all. There, there's okay, no hope. Okay, well... <laughs> Jordan Walker, his last five games, he's hitting 555. He's had three home runs, seven RBIs. His defense has picked up uh, tremendously in the outfield, doing a great job, chasing balls down, finding, tracking them really well, making diving plays, sliding plays. And and he's starting to show his arm. I think earlier in the season, we thought he had the arm strength that he's showing right now. I didn't see it earlier in the year, but right now I'm seeing it, you know, holding runners to first that are when balls that are hitting the gap or down the line. He's just doing a fantastic job of doing what he has got him here and continuing mm-hmm. to do that and not worrying about the outside noise um, that I think was, was probably getting to him at one point earlier in the season. Yes, I agree. He's a five-tool guy, and we're, we're seeing it emerge we're seeing all five tools emerge which is really cool it's fun to watch yeah exciting for the future yeah just not right now because right of the season's now. been yeah, painful but we're looking for we? positive are, are cd we, uh, and i are looking for are, positives over like here how, how close are we to 500 not, not how close far away <laughs> 19 games Randy. how we're, far we're, away are we 19 under yeah 19 games under 500 20 is it 20? 59 and 79. Oh, I read it wrong. Is it 59? I thought it was 50. 
No, fif- oh, 59 78. Sorry, I read it wrong. Yeah. 19 games. Okay, 19. so we're, we're on a roll. <laughs> we're well, on we a roll. 20. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take it or leave it coming your way. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314 399 646. 314 399. Yo, Tioli next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Matthew, great to have you with us. Get your text into the Ear Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Uh, there's a report out there that Devontae Adams would be open to rejoining the Green Bay Packers, leaving the Raiders and going back to Green Bay. Take it or leave it, if he would rejoin the Packers, this would say more about Aaron Rodgers than the Raiders or the Packers. I'm going to leave it. I, I don't think that move had much to do with Aaron Rodgers. I think it had more to do with uh, stability and making sure that he was paid, making sure that he was going to get the contract that he needed. And I mean, at the point at that time, would you have rather played with, you know, Jordan potentially Jordan Love or Derek Carr? Derek Carr was his mm-hmm. his college roommate, a college teammate. They had a relationship, had a bond. So I think he wanted to go play with his teammate. Yeah. Um, but he, I think he that was had all more in on do. being with Carr. Yeah. And then they got rid of car, so you know, not great. Because it's a business, and no one cares. <laughs> That's the <laughs> no. way it goes. <laughs> Take it or leave it. The Chiefs are starting the uh, season Thursday night versus the Detroit Lions. Chris Jones is still holding out. Take it or leave it. The Chiefs don't have much success this year if Chris Jones waits till Week Eight to join. <sighs> and by much f- success, I mean. Struggle defensively? Struggle, struggle, yeah. Okay. Don't win the division. Let's say that. Oh, wow. Don't win the division. Yeah. I don't know. My, I might have to leave it just for the fact of, I think the Chiefs, their identity is built around the offense and obviously Patrick Mahomes, and I think that he's able to do a lot. I know he's not doing things defensively, but I think that's what this team's built around. I would hope that they would get it figured out by week eight, but it really seems like Chris Jones is going to really wait this one out. I'm going to I'm going to take it, CD. I'm going to uh, say that they do struggle. Their defensive numbers are way better when Chris Jones is in there. Yes. And then we talk about the offense. They lost Orlando Brown. Uh, they lost Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, they've got uh, they they lost Michael Hardman. They've got injuries already with uh, Kadarius Tony uh, and some other issues that they're dealing with with their receiving core. So I'm going to take it, and it's not solely because of the defense, but I'm going to say that they do struggle. Take it or leave it, guys. Taylor Motter, DFA'd for the third time this season. Take it or leave it. That has to be some sort of record, right? That has to be some sort. I've been trying to use the Google machine. If somebody figures it out, if there's somebody who actually has been DFA'd more than that in one season in Major League Baseball, please, by one team, please let us know because I would love to know that little stat and fact so I can put that in my pocket. Maybe our guy, (laughs) Taylor Motter, holds an MLB record. I don't. I, 
Jones? I don't. I don't no. know that that's the record you want to hold. Yeah, but it's a record. It's a it's record. A... <laughs> I mean, I guess it's something you could tell your grandkids mm-hmm. when they say you didn't play baseball, Granddad. Like, yes, I did. <laughs> you know what record I'd like you to hold? Believe it. I'd like to hold, and I, I uh, Pablo Sandoval was close to this. I would like to hold the record for the worst contract, the most dead money paid <laughs> to a player to not play for a team. You want that one? Yeah. Well, what about, what about uh, Bobby Bonilla? You don't want that? that oh, yeah, that, I'll take I that mean, one. Yep, I'll take retire that one. and still getting paid mm-hmm. 20 years later? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Ken That's Griffey nice. Jr. is like the fourth highest paid red this year. <laughs> yeah. Jalen Rose should have played baseball. Yeah. Jalen Rose used to keep a ranking called the Keep Getting Them Checks ranking. Mm-hmm. It was the ranking of all the guys currently in sports who are getting the most money for doing the least. Luau right. Dang just came off yep. the Lakers contract well, uh, uh, salary a couple of years ago. He ain't amazing. played since. I couldn't tell you when. Mm. Uh, what do you got, Matthew? Take it or leave it. We all need a work schedule like Tyler O'Neill. Oh, take it. Oh, my knees Ooh, are yeah. actually. So I'm sitting here thinking about it. I've had, you know, I've had four knee surgeries, Randy. So oh, I, every man. now and then, you know, just walking on that turf when mm. I'm at the games. I bet that bugs your back. It does. Yeah, it does. It How does. Long does you had that? About a week back. No. Okay, <laughs> 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 what's the breakdown? No. Is it two and two, three and one, four and zero oh on the on the knees? And the four uh, surgeries. Four on the left knee. All four on the left yeah. knee? All right, everyone. That's wow. if you don't have any. If you need to take out Carrie, mm-hmm. come to them on the left side. Oh, yeah, yeah, why I'm, would I'm you Betty, say Betty that? It's what careful. in the world? Take it or leave it. Zach Thompson is the only pitcher auditioning for next season that should be given a rotation spot. Leave it. Leave it. Dakota Hudson will be in the rotation. Zach Thompson, Matthew Libertor. Matthew Libertor and, Deco- and uh, Miles Michael. Should you five. sneak that in there, it did CD? Say, it said should. I'm telling you, I just gave that you. Should. I gave you four of the five for okay. sure. No, I don't. If that's our starry rotation, you might as well just pack it up. Do for you, the rest do you of at, rock? When you get a chance, find the find the recording of me saying that they are not going to go get three starting pitchers, you and that those right two now, guys. Yeah. I said it again. Yeah, two of those guys are already here. We haven't even seen mm-hmm. Graceffo and McGreevy. True. What if they're amazing? Tink Hints. Tink Hints. They said yep. they're going to go get three guys out of the organization, though. Carrie, there's it a needs slightly. to be out of the organization. Slightly different text here. Take it or leave it. You're pumped for the Cardinals 2024 rotation of Giolito, Rom, Thompson, Hudson, and Woodford. Get your tickets now. <laughs> Where's Michaelis? You know what? That's a good point. Woodford over Michaelis? Because <laughs> yeah. why not? That just shows we're going to go get Giolito? <laughs> Yeah, we're no. gonna go get Dylan Cease. We're going big time. Yeah. yeah. See if uh, cease and desist orders passed oh, around yeah, here. Right. That'd be good. Yeah. We're gonna read this one so that this person can just mercifully delete it from their drafts and stop sending it in. Uh, <laughs> take it or leave it. STL pitcher Bill Doak, who led the NL in ERA twice and won 144 games, belongs in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'll take it. Good. So does Al Roboski. Oh. Roboski should be in the Cardinal Hall of Fame. 50 years with the organization in different uh, capacities. And he was the closer and he was their main guy during the 70s. He, he was their main relief pitcher. So, uh, yeah, Al, let's put Al in there, too. Speaking of that, somebody also said, take it or leave it. It's taking way too long to get Dave Duncan a red jacket. Oh, I'll take that. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And he doesn't have a red jacket yet. There's a lot of people that I just assume are already in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. And then right. you hear it and you're like, oh, really? That's crazy. Yeah. They didn't get that done by like 2017. Like, what, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, take it or leave it. If you're the Orioles or the Reds or maybe a different team wearing red, you should hire Joe Madden in the offseason to put it in, hit him with another group of young superstars. Yeah, I'll take it. 
Is that your burner phone? I added the thing it. about another team in red. The, the oh, texture okay. only put Orioles and Reds, but I added the thing about a, a different team in red. So, yeah, it's, uh, I'll take it. And, <laughs> you guys think the Diamondbacks go, could use some veteran management? And I'll go with the different team in red. Nannels? They, they, they just gave Dave V. Martinez a new deal. Okay, so, uh, well, there's got to be another team in red, doesn't there, that, that should hire Joe Madden? Doesn't there? How about the Yankees? I'll bet he winds up with the Yankees. Really? The places Aaron Boone. Would that be him in New York? Joe Madden in New York? Yeah. Well, nice. Yes. Oh, man. It's, too, well, it's just you know, the hippie well, long hair in okay. New York, though? Here's, I, I'm going to tell he, you. Well, that is a good question. The long hair hippie with the Steinbrenners? That you, you think he's no. going to be able to wear the, the Hawaiian that's, shirts uh, yeah. that, on the road yeah, they trips? They might be a little buttoned up. For him. Yeah, like that's too much. So, Bringing circus clowns into the dugout. Like, come on. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a joke, but I'm not even going to do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Then that actually, must be pretty bad. You to do it. Okay. Oh, here we go. Oh, 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 everybody lock in. Everybody lock in. Does the hometown team already have circus clowns in the dugout? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. have a baseball team is you you need to be loose and Brooke you've brought this up during the course of the season how it seems like every team except the Cardinals has the goofy home run celebration whether it's the trident that they have in Seattle or the weird jacket that they fun. have in Toronto they, fun things the, the Cardinals don't clown around enough in their dugout do they 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 need to have some goofiness in there they don't have I was looking at uh, Minnesota after they hit the home run uh, they had a a, a vest that said "Land of the Ten Thousand Lakes" or, or whatever that is. That, they, they, it feels like each team does have something. The Cardinals had the burger phone, but that was a pre-home run celebration. Mm-hmm, they had yeah. to call the shot, but they didn't have anything for once they got back into the dugout. And it was times where you would see guys maybe not even as thrilled about home yeah. runs being hit and hit. And so I'm, I'm it is. Um, it's intriguing. I think it's a long season, and when you are when you're playing this long, you have to find things to keep you engaged in the games. And mm-hmm. what better way than to celebrate a teammate after he hits a home run that you know puts you ahead in the game or ties the game and comes back to the dugout and you all celebrate him. And I understand that winning is the cure-all. So it seems like with Ali Marmol and with the Cardinals that their belief this season where there's times where you didn't see the excitement in the dugout, it's like, well, because we're not winning the game. We weren't winning in the game in that moment. And you see that conversation kind of come up a little bit. But Correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes you have to manufacture your own energy. You have yeah. to fake it till you make mm-hmm. it. Because why not? 
why not at least do that? Maybe because there was times like, especially I just think about that Jordan Walker home run. You mm-hmm. know, what, was that his first? Texas, he first one back. First yes, one back. Yes, yeah. and his first one back. And I just thought about that reaction. I know that maybe you know that it's looking into it just a little bit too much, but the perception of it is it is that look very, they you look should very be excited. excited. Yeah. And there, the game wasn't over with by that point. There was still an opportunity to come back and claw their way in that one, but it almost looked like they already knew what the re- end result was going to be. And when you're predicting that's going to come, and CD, you've been in those positions before, and you're playing like that, you sometimes have to fake it until you make it, manufacture some energy, look like you're playing together as a group. And I understand in the clubhouse that these guys do get <laughs> along. They do. And that's that's what I'm told. That's what I have seen, that these guys do get along well. But there's definitely times where it looks like that chemistry is lacking in games. I have a question about concern. Okay, Bobby Cox, Hall of Fame manager for the Braves, started with Atlanta when he was 37 in 1978. In 1979, the team went 66-94, and 4-13 winning percentage. He wound up after the 1981 season, leaving, managed Toronto for four years, and then came back and uh, wound up starting managing the Braves again in 1990. Uh, he had been their general manager and then took over as their manager again. So 1979, he goes 68-94, uh, has three more seasons, right around 500, and then he goes to Toronto for four and doesn't return for another nine years. He is the only manager in the history of baseball since the advent of divisional play and playoff rounds in 1969. Bobby Cox is the only manager to have a winning percentage in any year as low as 431. That's the Cardinals' current winning percentage. And subsequently win a World Series with that franchise. Bruce Bochy in his first year with the Giants had a 438 winning percentage. Ned Yost had a 438 winning percentage with the Royals and won in 2015. So with that as a backdrop, with the Cardinals having the 431 winning percentage and no manager with his team staying with that team ever winning a World Series since 1969, 53 world champions, and none have been won by a manager that had a winning percentage as low as 431 with that team. Is that a concern? Is history a concern for you with Ali Marmol? I think history is a concern. And I I think that this season has been so hard to understand. And when you have a season like this, it doesn't matter who the manager is, right? Or who's in the front office. You're going to start looking at things as to what in the world went wrong because you can't have a season, especially historically, that stat you mentioned, but within the Cardinals organization, you're not used to things like this. And so I'm going to do a sandwich technique here with the whole Ali Marmol situation because <laughs> like it's, it. it's a little bit nicer, right? Like we're going to start with some compliments. Okay, yeah. and then we're gonna we're gonna get to the meat of it. Uh, some of the issues that I might have. So, sandwich to begin things with. The roster construction is not his fault. Nope. Okay, Correct. the roster construction is not his fault. John Mozeliak even saying so. I think that there is a lot of positives you can point to with Ali Ramal. He's also a young manager, and I think that there is a lot of growing. The fact that they haven't fired him or let him go, I think, says a lot about how the organization views him. Also, mind you, the players even stood up for him. A Nolan Arenado sticking up for you, an Adam Wainwright sticking up for you, I think says a lot about maybe some of that camaraderie that you built with those guys. Now, some of the issues is... 
the finger pointing that we saw happen this season. The finger pointing this season, I think, is something that you could directly correlate to the manager or whoever it is that is in charge because you should not have finger pointing happening, especially that early on the season, and allow that to happen. I know that he was a part of the possible solution with Adam Wainwright, Jack Flaherty, and Wilson Contreras all sitting down. But when there's so much finger pointing, I'm looking to the manager or even if it's a different sport, a head coach, as to, whoa, 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 what's, what's going on there? Why is this being allowed? Also, the bullpen usage. Now, pitching, as I was talking about roster construction, starting pitching was not his problem, right? He does, He's not the one that decided that those are the stars we're going to the season. There's only so much we can do. But the bullpen usage is something that you could look at with him. And when you see the drop in fundamentals, things defensively, then you're also going to look at the coaching staff and the manager in charge and also the front office. It's just been something this entire season. There's so many different things. If we're going to talk about finger pointing, you're going to look at the organization and the coaching staff as to why we were seeing such a drop off this year. I, I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head in, in terms of the things that were not his fault. And I think if you are if you're really looking at it, you know, with, with true, true vision and looking at it and seeing what's going on, what's taking place. I don't really think Ali Momal is the person that you place the majority of the blame on. I, I think, as you said, the roster and how it was constructed, the bullpen, the inability, the, the the lack of flexibility to move people that were not performing well, to move them down and bring someone else up, it just wasn't there. Then you have your six starters that turned out to be three starters um, at some point. And so that is a problem. You had a lot of different things. Then you had your your <clears throat> MVP caliber Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famer third baseman who was struggling defensively, which you never expected to start the season off. You just weren't performing well. So I think you, you look at the roster construction, the inability for guys to make plays. I think the confusion comes in where you talk about the lack of communication where we see the video of Jordan Walker and why he's going to be on the yeah. opening day roster and why he deserves this and then mm-hmm. now he doesn't deserve it. Oh, you see the 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 videos of Wilson Contreras and how grateful and happy you are for him to be a Cardinals a Cardinal and their starting catcher and then now you aren't happy about that. Yeah. It's it's those types of things as a manager that falls on you because the message that is displayed to mm-hmm. the media, to the public, to your fans comes from you directly. And so if it's different than the message that's being told to you from upstairs, well, we got a lack of communication and you all are making me look bad. And so I'm going to have to go out there and do damage control and figure this thing out the best way that I can. So if there is one thing that I think in his second year he'll grow from into his third year is that damage control and how to have those conversations with the media. First of all, I want to give credit because of the ascent of Jordan Walker. Gorman definitely got better. Uh, You've seen some players. Tommy Edmond has adapted well to center field. Uh, You've seen Contreras, after that rough start, get better. So I want to give credit where credit is due. I am really concerned about relievers pitching poorly here like Cabrera and Stratton and going and being dominant elsewhere. Now, is that the fault of the manager? I don't know. Was the uh, pitching coach foisted on him? Perhaps. But at the end of the day, when you have, when you are the manager and you have that title and you have the worst record that a franchise has had in 100 years, somebody's got to own it. 
And yeah, it's, somebody, right? Yeah. As the manager, you have <laughs> you have the title. It's your job. They, yeah. you get paid that salary. You have that title, and you're the front line of all things that are St. Louis Cardinals. I, people wouldn't know, or, or outside of St. Louis, don't know who John Mozeliak is. I don't know who you don't know who the the, the general manager or the owner of teams are, but you know who the manager is because you see him every game, and so casual fans know Ali Marmol is the face of that franchise, and so if he's he has to be the one that goes out and says the things and does the things the right way. And here's my thing, and I've said this before. While there are a lot of deficiencies that I can find with Marmol, and he's only a second-year Major League manager, and I think the Cardinals could be better with somebody else, they aren't going to be better unless they give somebody else control. And Ollie yes. would be better if Ollie had more control. But when you are given the bullpen that he's given, when you are given the lack of mm-hmm. juice within the organization that he is either given or not given, whichever way you want to say it, there's almost no way that Joe Madden could come in here and work under the circumstances that Marmal is trying to work under and succeed. And that's the thing. When you, you set that standard with the firing of Mike Schild and you cited that you were dismiss, dismissing him because of philosophical, philosophical differences, then I would assume that the person that you're hiring or in this case elevating to that role is somebody who is going to stay phys- philosophically in line with what you're saying. Right. And right. that's and that puts anybody, whether it's Ollie, whoever the manager is going to be, that puts them in a very tough position where philosophical differences, you know, is what drove out the last manager, because we assume that there's times that he wanted to manage things a certain way. He didn't want to do the analytical approach. He didn't want to base things off that. He was a lot more old school. Then what are you supposed to do as the manager coming in? Because you saw what happened to the last guy. So you right. know what will happen to you if you start stepping in and doing that kind of stuff. So if you replace Ali Marmol with Stubby Clapp or Pop Warner or Ben Johnson or whomever, it's going to be more of the same. It so is. what you need to do is buckle in for a long ride. This is one thing that and when it's your first time being a head coach, being a manager, and then you see guys get fired and go to a different stop and their mindset changes. If I'm going to get fired doing it your way, the hell with that. I'm going to do it my way, and then you fire me. Do it. At least I get fired doing it my own way. And I think, yeah. you know, at some point, sometime, as a manager, you do have to go against everything, all of the information that is being, hey, yeah, I hear you, I, I, but you all aren't seeing the, the, the bigger picture. I'll give you an example, Randy. I had to call a timeout. We were 20 seconds left in the game. Clock is running. They're on hour 20 going in. And they have no timeouts left. They're scrambling to get back to the line. Clock is down to 12, uh, 15, 14, 13. I had to call a timeout. And people, what are you doing? Why are you calling the timeout? What do you see? You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> There's a receiver on our sideline uncovered by a DB, raising his hand to the quarterback, letting him know, hey, I'm uncovered. Throw me the ball for the walk-in touchdown. Mm-hmm. No one sees that except for the people on the sideline, meaning I have a better vision, a better view of the actual game than your butt does sitting in the stands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so listen to me when I tell you I'm going to call this damn timeout. I understand that the clock is running down. I understand that they don't have any timeouts. But guess what? It ain't going to matter in 10 seconds when he throws it to this receiver who's mm-hmm. wide open. Timeout. I have a better view of what's taking place in real time than you do up there. 
So don't tell me that you know more than what I know, what I'm watching in this real moment. I'm really glad you had a timeout left. I'm glad I had two. <laughs> Coming up next on 101 ESPN, the NFL season starts on Thursday. What's the biggest potential week one absence that's going to have an impact? It's coming your way next on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Really, the back seven on defense are pretty good. They got three good linebackers, and they got a bunch of intriguing options in the secondary. It's just in the middle, uh, there's a void. They're thin there. It's an issue. I mean, if you're the Lions, you're looking at running the ball and running it pretty heavily up the middle on Thursday. That's Jeremy Fowler of ESPN talking about the absence of Chris Jones, the defensive tackle, the great defensive tackle of the Kansas City Chiefs, who's holding out, has not signed a contract yet. And here we are on Tuesday, and it's almost impossible to imagine that he could sign tomorrow and play Thursday night. So he won't be there. Uh, The first big practice day of the week is tomorrow. Unlikely that Nick Bosa will be in camp for the 49ers as they take on the Steelers. Brian Burns of the uh, Carolina Panthers, his team is at Atlanta. He'll be unavailable. And then Jonathan Taylor is on the pup list. The Colts will play the Jags in week one. So which potential week one absence will have the biggest impact? Because the Niners can come up with other ways to rush the passer. And Nick Bosa is a huge difference maker for them. I don't want to dismiss his impact. But the Kansas City Chiefs have nobody else. If it's not Chris Jones on that defensive line, they have no other pass rusher that's going to get consistent pressure on the inside. So I'm going to say that Chris Jones far and away is the biggest impact loss for a team this year, this week. I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. Just because I think, as I said before, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs still got a guy named Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And so even though Chris Jones isn't there defensively, I don't I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know how well the uh, Detroit Lions are going to run the football. I know last year Jamal Williams led the league in rushing touchdowns, but I don't know how well or effectively they're going to run the football. I, I, I think they're going to be explosive offensively, the Dallas, uh, the Detroit Lions will be, but I'm not sure. But I know that this Pittsburgh Steelers team that Nick Bosa would be facing in San Francisco is going to be very good this year. And so if he's not there, the inability to get to the quarterback, you're lacking that. They still are a very good defense, but I think they may take a step back definitely without Nick Bosa this week. And we'll see how long he's uh, he's out before they uh, they can get things right in, in San Francisco. CD, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think Nick Bosa is going to be a huge loss for the 49ers, exactly to your point, because Patrick Mahomes, and I know it's totally different because it feels weird talking about offense when Chris Jones is obviously a defensive player, but I think Patrick Mahomes is such a difference maker. And the identity around the Chiefs is built around the offense. We've seen the Chiefs' defense, and I know that Chris Jones has been a big part of at least making it successful where they can win games, but Patrick Mahomes is such a difference maker. Remember how people thought that the loss of Tyreek Hill would really affect the Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes Mm -hmm. found a way. Patrick Mahomes continues to find a way. For the 49ers, what is their identity leading up to this? I would say that it was more on their defense. You need their defense to be successful. Brock Purdy, I feel like, is such a question mark as your starting quarterback going the season, so you don't know what's going on there. And they, they really built that defense around a strong pass rush, which Nick Bosa, of course, is a huge part of. And 
the thing is with San Francisco, I, I just think that defensively they have enough guys. Actually, the, the biggest impact, the team that's going to be hurt the most by not having a guy is the Colts without Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. But they, they go from mediocre to terrible. We're talking about good teams in San Francisco and Kansas City that are, that are impacted by a loss. The Colts go from mediocre to terrible without Jonathan Taylor. That, to me, is was the, one of the most intriguing uh, decisions, keeping him on the pup list, not activating mm-hmm. him and, and allowing him to play because you know you got that young quarterback in Anthony Richardson. What are you wh- – who, who was – Michael Pittman Jr. is now their best offensive player mm-hmm. on that team, and, and I think Michael Pittman Jr. is a fine, fine lad. I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's a number one receiver in most offenses, and so – what do you have? Who do you have to get the ball to? It's going to be, in my opinion, probably be a long day for Anthony Richardson. And you don't want to do that to a young player. The The worst thing you can do is get, kill his confidence before he really gets rolling. Not having Jonathan Taylor there, I think, is going to have a great impact on that offense on Sunday. And we'll see you know, how well he can perform without a running back behind him like Jonathan Taylor. Anthony Richardson, I think, is going to be really intriguing to see how he handles this. I know that a lot of people are calling him kind of like a physical freak. And, and CD, I know how you feel about the NFL Combine, but it seems like yeah. the NFL Combine really raised his stock. How much stock do you actually put in that, though? Um, I mean, he, he is one of those guys is is extremely talented, uh, God-given arm talent, arm yeah. strength, size, speed, all of the things that you want. And and from what I've heard, a really good person, a really good young man, uh, with an with an ability to play the game. So I'm 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 excited to watch him play. It's hard though when you don't have the talent around you. Football is not a one man band. It's not a one man show. You have to have guys around you. You got to have, yes. especially offensively. That's why I joke with defensive players all the time, and we say run ball, get ball, see ball, get ball. We don't <laughs> see ball, get ball. It doesn't matter what defense it is. You see the ball, you go get it. Offensively, you have to have all 11 people on the same page or it is a problem. And so if you don't have the talent on the outside, if you don't have the talent in the backfield and you are the talent, I think that's a challenge that Anthony Richardson uh, is going to have this weekend and, and really for the rest of the season. Take it or leave it. Anthony Richardson, especially with this whole Jonathan Taylor situation, will rush for over a thousand yards this season. Ooh. I'll take it. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be another Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson, but do you think with I'm this gonna, situation? I'm going to leave it because I feel like to get a thousand yards rushing, you have to have game planned runs in your mm-hmm. offense. I don't know if they're going to have, I don't know if they're going to have that in their offense, and it usually works better if you got a guy <laughs> that can also run the ball. Yes, um, because you give kind of a, a two way option. I'm going to leave it just based off of that. We are loaded with football on Thursday night. Chiefs and Lions pregame at 630 here on 101 ESPN. And then on Sunday, we've got a triple header, Saints and Titans. We did that for Brooke. Uh, yeah. The, the Titans opener against New Orleans. That game starts at noon, pregame at 1130, followed by the Patriots and the Eagles as uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles will trample Bill Belichick's Patriots. And then the Sunday night opener, the Giants, Daniel Jones, the 2023 NFL MVP and the Giants taking on the Cowboys pregame at 6.30. Exciting. You guys are great. It's football season. Football season is here. Did you catch that one, Matthew? 
I didn't, I didn't know how your tone very yeah. much changed when you said the word Cowboys. Oh, when I said Daniel Jones is going to win the MVP. Oh, oh I, like, I didn't that. even hear you say that. Yeah, that. <laughs> As somebody caught earlier in the opening segment when Where when Randy just kind of makes when Manny when yeah. Manny just like <laughs> slips in these like giant pronouncements about mediocre players being <laughs> being you know high level you know high level performers. What was the example? Um, you compared oh, to yeah. you compared to Babe Ruth and Jordan Walker because Babe Ruth was a left-handed hitter. Jordan Walker's a right-handed there you go. Clearly. That's the big difference. Otherwise, they're exactly the same. I, I've just noticed that you sneak. Oh, my God. It's the way that you sneak it in because it's like very quick and you sandwich it. As we're talking about the sandwich technique, you sandwich oh, yeah. it in where you're like, what? Wait, huh? Yeah, I didn't notice you saying Daniel Jones. Serious note, though. Watch out for the Giants. I'm telling you. Watch out for the Giants. They're okay. going to be good. See? That's why it's serious. And you're saying no, I'm saying watch out for the Giants. I did draft Saquon Barkley Actually, that, last night. What? Brooke just gave me a great prop. Who has more rushing yards, Anthony Richardson or Daniel Jones this year? Ooh. Mm. Ooh. It would be very yeah, interesting. Yeah, see is what I'm saying. Well, that's a good one. Coming up next, we've got a fight for you. Here, uh, Do you need a fight? We do need fighter? a fighter. We need a fighter. So text in 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. With your name and the word fight. And maybe Matthew will pick you for the fight next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Tom. Tom, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing? Doing wonderful. Are you ready to take on Randy Carricker? Oh, yeah. All right. Did you enjoy the four-day weekend? No, three-day weekend. Four-day work four weekend. Eight. I did. Yeah. I did. It was nice and relaxing. I was hoping for a four-day weekend. Maybe I should have took off today or... <laughs> Next, I don't know. All right. Here we go, Tom. I'm just thinking out loud. Don't mind me. <laughs> Who held the Iron Man streak before Cal Ripken? Is it Lou Gehrig, Hank Aaron, or Ted Williams? Lou Gehrig. Friend of the show, Xavier Scruggs, made his Major League Baseball debut on this day in 2015. What other Major League Baseball team did he play for? Was it the Phillies, the Mets, or the Marlins? Can you repeat the question? Friend of the show, Xavier Scruggs, made his Major League Baseball debut on this day in 2015. 2015. What other Major League Baseball team did he play for? And what were the options again? You have the Phillies, the Mets, or the Marlins. I'm going to go with the Phillies. Shohei Otani became just the eighth player ever to put up multiple 40 home run, 20 stolen base seasons, which alleged steroid user used, which alleged steroid user is the only one to ever do it four times. Thanks, Rock. Is it Jose Canseco, <laughs> Alex Rodriguez, or Barry Bonds? Uh, go Barry Bonds. I don't know why we don't get fired or sued, Gary. I don't know, the, I don't know why we even had to put that in there, sir. Allegedly, don't get fired or sued. I don't know why we had to put that in there. Right? Okay. <laughs> Just allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> On Labor Day, 2012, Yadier Molina tallied his 1,000th career hit in which unexpected way? Was it a triple, grand slam, or infield single? 
Go with the infield single. All right, we will double check our scores and then we will bring in Randy Carricker. Tom, how are you feeling? Uh, so so. Okay. Just so so. Were you, uh, were you, were, were anything throw you off? The alleged. Uh, the alleged threw me off. The Molina one, the Molina one kind of threw me off a little bit. That was a very sneaky question. Yeah. From old Rock there. He's, uh, grabbing Randy out of the hall. They haven't gotten the trash in a while. Randy, how you feeling? <laughs> we were just talking about how, uh, Holly Maddox, one of our salespeople, went to see Crystal Gale over the weekend. She had never heard of Crystal Gale, and I pointed out to her that Ricky Bobby in Talladega Nights wore a Crystal Gale t-shirt. Oh. And one other note, uh, there was a dog in the Purina Incredible Dog Challenge yesterday on Channel 2 named Ricky Bobby. The oh. one is regional and will be performing here in St. Louis at the end of this month. You Purina first, you last. Wow. That's right. Good job. Pretty awesome. Randy, Randy say hello to Tom. Tom, good morning. How you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thanks for playing and thanks for listening. We appreciate having you. Appreciate being on. Thank All you. Right. All right, Randy, here we go. Who All held right. the Iron Man streak before Cal Ripken? Oh, man. Um, I know after it's Tyler O'Neill. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Um, what, wow. Did Tyler, what did T.O. do to you? Nothing. Huh. Nothing. He certainly <laughs> no, no, no. didn't play a lot. <laughs> is that what it is? Nothing. He. That's uh, the point. He yeah, didn't. Yeah. Didn't do anything. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go with um, Lou Gehrig, the Iron Horse. Friend of the show Xavier Scruggs made his Major League Baseball debut on this day in 2015. What other Major League Baseball team did he play for? I believe he was a Miami Marlin. Shohei Otani became the became just the eighth player ever to put up multiple 40 home run, 20 stolen base seasons, which alleged steroid user is the only to ever do it four times. I don't know why we had to put alleged steroid user in there. Okay, so that was some mean. of the options are confirmed steroid users, but well, I, I, mean, I just want to make sure. Which other player? Okay. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> okay. I'm just, just wondering could we have said any other no. player? No, we could. So uh, if yeah. you are you're that guy, if, if that you guy. have been. <laughs> Suspended for steroid use, then you are a confirmed steroid user. Correct? Is that? Yes. I, I, is that Le- the way this? I was, just, I was playing legally. it safe, Randy. I guess. I was okay. just playing it safe. So, but if it's been documented and proven, then legally you can call them a steroid so user. So then, ergo, um, <laughs> Alex so Rodriguez would be a steroid, not an alleged, but a confirmed steroid user. Correct? What? Who Correct. else is a? Who else is on that list? Is, is was Rafael Pomero? Was oh. Rafael Pomero alleged? Because he, yeah. he, he, he said he didn't. No, do he it. got suspended. But, but he also said he didn't do it. But he yeah, went to he, Congress he, and said he, he didn't do it. That, that, this is why I put the word in. No see? one's suing this show for this question. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> How about just don't put it in at all. Well, then I think what I'll do. So here. fun question. That oh one. my god. We doing here, Gary? <laughs> Forty and twenty, huh? One from me. Yes. Oh, I thought you did. Do you have Four an answer? Times. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going to go with I'm, I'm going to go with Barry. I'm going to I'm going to go with Barry Bonds. Okay, sorry. I thought I Do you have an answer? <laughs> we just started talking about something completely. Yeah, All right, no, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Barry. Go with Barry. Bonds. Okay. <laughs> On Labor Day 20, 2012, excuse me. Yadier Molina tallied his 1000th career hit in which unexpected way? With a home run. I'll do the lifeline. 
Oh. Oh, oh wow. You're <laughs> switching it up on us, aren't you? <laughs> Triple Grand Slam or infield single? Um, oh, infield single would have been fun. I'll go with that instead. <laughs> it said would have been fun. Although triple would be very unexpected, too. <laughs> I'll go with it. Final hit. answer? I'll go final answer. Yeah, infield hit. <laughs> All right. Just make sure. <laughs> That's why they're both options. Was Tom able to take down Megamind on a Tuesday or was a well-rested Randy Carricker here for only three fights this week. Mm-hmm. So he's got all he's like he's like a relief pitcher in 2023. He's going to use all of his 100 mile per hour pitches in just these three innings this week. So, inning number 1, does Randy Carricker throw some gas or is Tom hitting a home run? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Tom, I'm sorry Randy Carricker took you down 3-2. to two. Those pesky options will get you every time. Yeah, that's all right. Congratulations, Randy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Let's go through those answers. Who held the Iron Man streak before Cal Ripken and was, in fact, the Iron Horse, Lou Gehrig? 500. 500 plus games after he broke the record on Labor Day 1994. He would then add 500 to a now unbreakable, unsurpassable 2,600. There's a great story, by the way. If you Google uh, Cal Ripken streak, Kevin Costner, it's a great story. Oh, yeah, that is a fantastic story. A uh, friend of the show, Xavier Scruggs, made his MLB debut for the Cardinals on this day in 2015. He also played for the Miami Marlins later on in his career. Shohei Otani became just the eighth player to ever put up multiple 40 home run, 20 stolen base seasons. It is four seasons for Alex Rodriguez, three seasons for Barry Bonds, and three seasons for Jose Canseco. Alex Rodriguez obviously at the top with his four different seasons. Doing he's that. confirmed. He's not... Allegedly. 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 I, 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 I'm saying, word. I'm putting it in there just to be safe. I'm but saying he, confirmed he, and allegedly oh, in no. there. Uh, I, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. No, you're fine. He's, he's, he's confirmed. Uh-oh. That's what I said. That's what I said when we answered the question. Because Call for the legal department coming in. But here's the thing. It's safe. Matthew, he, I know, no, you, you, he, there is video and audio of Alex Rodriguez admitting that he used steroids. Bully. Right. Therefore, he is not an alleged user. He's he an admitted an... user. Mm. I so didn't do want we, to say alleged we... or confirmed. I didn't want to get that close oh, with the question, so I threw it alleged, though. All right? You said well, alleged. Maybe you shouldn't have had it in there in the first place. Like <laughs> no. I said. I'm okay, with, I'm okay with it. And on Labor Day 2012, Yadier Molina tallied his 1,000th career hit in this unexpected way. It was, in fact, an infield single. A 3-2 win for Randy Carrick over Tom. Tom, thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight today. Who cares? Thanks, Tom. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much, Thank you, Tom. Great job. I'm going to take this in. uh, You also should have heard our conversation during the break going into this, Randy, and everybody else, because it was something else. Do you it know was, what a, a, a what is it a preposition? <laughs> do you know what a preposition is? Yes. Okay. Do you know that they're not supposed to be used at the end of census? Yes. Didn't know that. Learn something new every day. Okay. So uh, I'm new for me. For I, I, the discussion I don't know what was, a preposition uh, is. <laughs> February ninth. The discussion was just <laughs> making making things conversational. <laughs> Questions and stuff. Questions? I'm Ron Burgundy. Yes. I'm Ron. Uh, Burgundy? February ninth, two thousand nine. <laughs> Alex Rodriguez admitted Monday that he used performance-enhancing drugs from 2001 to 2003, saying he did so because of the pressures of being baseball's highest-paid player. Alleged. I don't know if that's quite alleged when he admits it. Yeah. 
darn it, Randy. I feel like if you if you t- if you <laughs> test positive, then four, oh, yeah. week like a Jack Buck every day week. Uh, we probably have. What do you think? Not going to be this week, though. Huh? No, not this week. Okay. Yeah, not even going to be here every day. This week. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry about it. Coming up, City SC fans took it to another level in KC. How great are they? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. When we, when, when the baby is born, the club, right, three years ago, um, it's announced. Then to build an identity, a culture, for the fans to adopt it straight away, to accept our style of play, to come in the thousands, to support us and never sit down in our home stadium, to travel across, you know, to the blue side <laughs> of the state. Um, it's, it's incredibly humbling. Um, and it's a proud moment when I see this and I see the thousands of fans receiving our players at warm-ups, you know. There's nothing more you could have wished for for the growth of this club in the first eight months. Uh, if you've seen everybody's value is on an all-time high. Players who joined us, their market values have gone through the roof. Our product has gone through the roof. Everything, our sale, everything. The front office is doing an amazing job, right? I think it's just this, this unit is a snowball, and it's only growing bigger and bigger as we get going here. That is the superb head coach of St. Louis City SC, Bradley Carnell. St. Louis City fans taking it to another level on Saturday. Sporting KC needed a healthy chunk of STL fans to set their attendance record, all-time single-game attendance record of 21,650. And with a third match coming up in late September, how fired up are you about having a legitimate sports-tied rivalry with KC? We've got the... the, interleague rivalry with the Royals, which is great, but the Royals are, you know, the Royals are the Royals. The Royals are the Royals, yes. And then we had the Rams and the Chiefs, and the Chiefs were good, and the Rams were bad. And before that, we had the Governor's Cup game, and it was preseason. You had AFC versus NFC, and you didn't get to see the Chiefs if you were an NFL uh, person in St. Louis. KC doesn't have, obviously, an NHL team. So this is the first real legitimate sports rivalry that St. Louis and Kansas City have enjoyed where they're playing against each other multiple times a year, or at least once a year. And I think it's really cool. I, and I think it was awesome how St. Louis City fans showed out on a Saturday in KC. It was. And, I mean, there isn't an exact number, but you mentioned there that getting a Sporting KC, the crowd, you were you were able to see that, and you were able to see the fans. I saw all over social media the fans that went out there. It felt like thousands that went out there to support City SC, and that's exactly Bradley Cardinal had some great quotes um, in the post-dispatch, but also you could hear in the post-game just about how this is how everything is built. They, they built this team or this club in a way where you were able to build up that fan base too. We already knew that that, uh, St. Louis, excuse me, St. Louis has already kind of built that soccer fandom, right? You Mm -hmm. already had that here. You had the St. Louisans and they really built that up and carried that into this. The way that Carolyn Kendall and City SC really worked on making sure everything was set in place. I think that that allowed the fan base to grow even more and get the players comfortable to where you're seeing this product in the inaugural season where they're at the top of the Western Conference and you're seeing things pay off. And this is an electric and exciting team to watch and play and so much fun. We were talking about that. I know this was a away game, but when they're at home, you can't beat the atmosphere over at City Park. It's electric. It's exciting. It feels like nonstop. You're attuned to everything 
everything that is going on. And I like that you're building up this rivalry right now. I even saw uh, Ben Hockman. He tweeted this out this weekend. St. Louis City SC plays at Kansas City. He tweeted this out this weekend. In the official KC game notes, they made 87 references to their upcoming opponent, which is City SC, with the name and team team name all in lowercase. So even you had like media and people behind the scenes really building up this rivalry too, which you really like to see that. I mean, just the fact that City, their fans travel in the manner they do, the, they show up to the games in the manner in which they do, it does something for you as a player. It, it brings a certain level of energy. I told you all, we've played in the cities in Pittsburgh where we would go to the opposing team stadium and we would have more fans there mm-hmm. than that opposing team did. And, and it has to be... If you're that home team, it has to be disheartening to see that many fans of your opposing team there. It's almost louder when that team is on defense and your team is on offense for for football. It, it just changes the atmosphere. And so I think City has done a great job of, you know, playing well to start. That's the number one thing. You have to be good for people to want yes. to show up. They've been really good this year. Fans have shown up. They've done a great job. They have a great coaching staff. Uh, just a great organization and how they've put everything together, tied everything together. And they are fun to watch. The style of play in which they play, we were we were talking about it before the season started, just the attacking style, how it would wear on opposing teams. And, you know, the thing about that is when you are tired as a player – when the fans get to yelling, it does give you a boost of adrenaline. And you're like, okay, I got to keep going because these guys in the crowd, they paid their money. They're loud. They expect me to keep going. And so even though I'm tired, I'm going to mm-hmm. give another burst of effort, a burst of energy, because these guys need me to and my teammates need me to. And it, it does help. The, the, the amount of fan interaction that you receive during games definitely helps players play harder. Obviously, this was a, a precursor. Uh, th- this sort of activity to punch a Red Wing fan in the face day. And well, <laughs> Great day. Oh, yeah, way. those were always sure. fun. It's a national holiday. Yeah. 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 It, it, right? it kind of was, yeah. And, yeah. and the Blackhawk fans, too. Uh, you know, <laughs> diehard Blackhawk fans since 2010 who mm-hmm. stopped being Blackhawk fans after 2015. But that's an aside. But uh, I do have a level of respect for the amount of people that showed up for SC on Saturday night and that do show up and, and travel to road games. Some franchises in sports, Steelers fans, Cheeseheads, uh, Cubs fans, Cardinals fans, SC fans, when they're winning, Blackhawks fans and Red Wings fans. Some some fans really do travel well. Some some teams just have incredible national fan bases. The Cowboys just, for whatever reason, because they have ugly <laughs> uniforms and they're a terrible team, a terrible franchise. But for whatever reason, they have people and that Jerry uh, Jones. Yeah, that are fans of their teams all over the country. Yeah. There are. There's, they're everywhere. Yeah, I mean, having lived in Tennessee and Arkansas, I definitely yeah. saw a lot of Cowboys fans. I'm like, huh? Worst, huh? <laughs> like, where? Why? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I don't know. It says a lot about this club and what they're doing right now right now building that identity this season the fan base and also spending the money on those core players has a lot to do with that product that we're seeing on the field sam samuel adeneron with the lone goal this this past weekend he said that it felt like a home game felt like a home game that does a lot for a player and it just shows too how much fans are really putting in the work while this team is also putting in the work and now st louis city will have to take on la uh We've got, uh, is it Galaxy or FC this weekend, big boy? It is Galaxy. They have FC at home uh, later on. Yeah, so don't worry about Galaxy. FC's tough, but Galaxy. Anything that's got got, like, you know, wizard stars on their uniform. Yeah. They don't count. Yeah, really. No, that's why why Sporting Kansas City changed their name to something dumber. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, from Kansas City Wizards, Wizards to Wizards. Sporting Kansas City. By the way, their their supporter section is still called the Cauldron. When you change the team name, you, you also have it. to change the supporter section mm-hmm. name. That makes no sense with your new Eurocentric team name. Hmm. You know, when you rip the heart and soul out of a team with a boring name, you then have to complete the job by ripping the heart and soul out of the supporter section. Come on, guys, <laughs> half assing it. No. So, a couple of road games in a row for SC, LA, Galaxy, and then the Houston Dynamo. The mm. Dynamo. Uh, coming up next year on 101 ESPN, we've got our Rush Hour Reset. Come or stick around. It's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Your St. Louis Cardinals back in action tonight, opening a three-game series in Atlanta against the Braves, and hopefully the Cardinals can get some wins, a win, down in Atlanta. They got one on Sunday in the last game they played against Pittsburgh, thanks to Jordan Walker's hot streak. So they sent him down, and they wanted to work on hitting the ball in the air. Oh, missile down the line, keep it fair. He was terrific over the course of the weekend, and actually he's been fantastic uh, for a long time. Last week, his last five games, hitting 556 with a 1.717 OPS. He has three homers and seven RBIs in those last five games, and he appears to be hitting his stride as an MLB star. He is. And guess what? The patience paid off. Maybe that's what John Moselak was speaking to specifically, is that the patience you needed to with Jordan Walker and maybe with some of these young players this season. He wasn't talking about, you know, all the other stuff with the Cardinals. He was talking about Jordan Walker, right, guys? That's yeah. It. Yeah. Just him. Yeah, just him. But Jordan Walker, it's paying off. I think it's very interesting, and we played that sound earlier, what he's saying about just kind of not focusing on the launch angle. That seems to be a big thing for Jordan Walker now is that to tune out that noise, having to separate some of that other stuff and just focus on what got you here in the first place. Mm-hmm. And he seems to be doing that. He's building up confidence in his right field defense. And I think that that's also giving him confidence in his overall game and especially offensively. Tonight for Atlanta, an interesting starter, Mike Soroka, who was outstanding in 2019, went 13-4 and four with a 2.68 earned run average, pitched three games in 2020, didn't play in 21, didn't play in 22. And tonight, he's going to make his sixth start of the season for Atlanta. He's 2-1 and one with a 5.52 earned run average, but essentially has missed the last three seasons and now is getting back into the rotation for the Braves. We don't know what to expect from him? We do not. And Miles mm-hmm. Michaelis will go for the Cardinals. We think we know what to expect from him. Uh, bad first inning. Uh, uh, bad first we're gonna, we, we're, No, we're going to speak good things into existence, Randy. We're going we're gonna to win this game. Mm, four to two. Okay. I like this. We've talked a lot, and John Mozalek has talked a lot about the Cardinals and their desire to add starting pitching over the course of this offseason. Mo has gone on record as saying the Cardinals will add three starting pitchers. Well, it seems like the free agent quality starting pitching crop is drying up. Shohei Otani, obviously, with his UCL injury, probably won't pitch. He won't pitch in 2024. And over the weekend, Dodgers left-hander Jose, uh, Julio Urias, who's going to be a free agent after this season, was arrested for the second time on domestic violence charges. Here's Jeff Passan of ESPN on Urias' future. 
Well, you say ever pitching again this season. Let's extend that to ever pitching again, period. We've seen in the case of his former teammate, Trevor Bauer, who uh, was disciplined under Major League Baseball's policy for domestic violence and was suspended 324 games that later got reduced to 194, but was still a truly significant suspension, and he is playing in Japan now. Um, Urias, on the other hand, is a free agent this upcoming offseason, and uh, the notion of him getting back this year for the Dodgers, uh, it, you know, it is seemingly unlikely. If Urias is convicted, and I think that's a big thing here, and by the way, Trevor Bauer never was even charged with a crime. But I think the baseball will look at the Urias situation differently. But this is the second situation. I personally don't think that he should ever pitch in Major League Baseball again just because of what has transpired now over twice over the course of four years. I don't know how baseball will look at it, but certainly if, if he's convicted, he should never pitch in Major League Baseball again, and that baseball should feel that way. Yeah, and, and it has a domino effect. Obviously, that's a life situation for him and whomever that issue was with, I think his wife. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's something that he has to rectify in his life, baseball aside, how it impacts baseball. It impacts every team that is looking for a starting pitcher because now, as we said earlier, you got Shohei who was hurt. You got – Udias, who is probably done. Now that brings that market down to who? Sonny Gray, Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, mm-hmm. and those are the three of the main guys where it was five, now it's three. You're going to have ten, eight to ten teams vying mm-hmm. for those starting pitchers because it's needed. It, it's it, For me, just from the Cardinals' point of view, I think it just limits what they're able to do now. Now you're almost in a position where you have to go out and trade for that ace because getting him via free agency, it's going to cost you so much more now. Like you said, Aaron Nola is probably kicking back with his feet up like, dang, I hate to see it, but. It's a seller's market. (laughs) I don't think he hates to see it. But, (laughs) you know, I I will reap the benefits of Shohei and and Julio Urias getting in those issues, getting having those issues. Brooke, I want to add one thing here. And – this is obviously unseemly alleged behavior. But I go back to Chris Beard, the University of Texas basketball coach who got fired last year after he was arrested on domestic violence charges. And his fiance or wife said that night to the police, no, he didn't do anything. He said it was self-defense. He was never charged. And both said under oath that it was self-defense. And Beard, as it turns out, was unjustly fired because the process wasn't allowed yeah. to play out. That being said, if it's a second time for uh, Urias, then you kind of have to think that where there's smoke, there's fire. Exactly. I, I 100% agree with that. And I think since this has come uh, with Major League Baseball, right, was it in 2015 that they launched this whole policy mm-hmm. with domestic violence and assault, all the different kind of stuff? How many people have actually gone through this twice, yeah, do you think? He's the one, right? Him? I, Marcel, somebody brought up Marcelo Zuna. I don't know if that, I, it was necessarily twice. I don't think there were multiple instances with Marcelo. I don't believe so. Yes. And so with Urias, this is the second time. So I don't even know. 81 games is, I, is I think, typical of what you see suspension-wise. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he got the first time around. But this time around, if you look at the Trevor Bauer situation and you're going to handle things like that with him, then you also have already set that standard where you need to handle the same way with Urias, too. You can't sign him. You just, no. The Cardinals, 50% of the people that walk through those gates are women. And most of the men are rational. If you're the Cardinals, you can't sign 
that guy. What you gotta get could, it what, right. What could sign? Who could sign him? You got to get it right. Yeah. That's the big thing. You have to get it right. So many professional sports leagues do not get it right in these situations. Mm-hmm. You have to get it right. And what about the Dodgers, though? <laughs> Speaking oh, of Trevor Bauer, Bauer, you have that him. Trevor Bauer situation. And then you have this with Urias. We saw how they handled the Bauer situation. So I think that they should do the same for Urias. Yeah, they will. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, it, the business of, of sports sometimes takes a backseat, should take a backseat to the business of life and things that yeah. are taking place, right. you know, what, real situations. One more note, college football last night, Duke, Duke football. Basketball? Duke football. Oh, Duke, Duke, Duke football. Yeah. Beat Clemson 28-7. Here is uh, Clemson Tigers head coach Dabo Sweeney. I've never been a part of a game like that, ever. Um, and been here at Clemson a long time. Since I've been the head coach, we were 58-0 when we rushed for 200 and passed for 200. Uh, that's usually a pretty good indicator. And I think in, in Clemson history, we were 108-0. Never lost, ever. Uh, so, you know, but you got to finish. And Clemson wasn't able to actually get started. They lost by a score of 28-7 to to Duke. And Dabo's program, which was dominant for four years, has been rendered second tier, which there's nothing wrong with, but they they don't appear to be a Final Four contender on an annual basis anymore. No. And and what a drop-off that is. I I saw people on social media wanted to point out the Chad Morris curse, which I don't know if everybody is super familiar with that. Maybe because when I was leaving Arkansas, it was right after Brett Bielema was fired, and they bring in Chad Morris. And the Chad Morris era is pretty bad in Arkansas if you guys want to go check that one out. Not not great whatsoever. And so Chad Morris rejoined Clemson's staff recently as a special assistant to Dabo. Mm. And so then everybody on social media is like, well, there's that Chad Morris curse following you. But I don't know if it's that or if there's just more going on there with Dabo because this has been pretty a pretty big drop-off for him. They have been, since Trevor Lawrence left, yes. I mean, you, you have Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, you got two really good college quarterbacks that mm-hmm. go on to become you know, really good NFL quarterbacks. DJ Ulegale, uh, you, you who, who, who... Yeah, him. He's no longer there. They thought he was going to take the place of Trevor Lawrence, didn't really perform as well as they thought he could or should. And I think that that's really been the issue the last, what, three to four years, just not having that number one quarterback. Uh, Although I didn't get to see the game. Thank you, Spectrum. Uh, (laughs) But I'm assuming that even though they rushed for 200 and passed for 200, you need that guy under under center to to be a really good program. And until you get that guy, it's going to be a tough Tough time for the for the Clemson Tigers. You shouldn't lose to Duke, though. No, never. No. Uh, there's it's, that's kind of like well, I'm not even going to take any shots at Middle Tennessee State. Oh, um, don't you do that, the Blue Raiders. Hey, they got paid though. They uh, got that's paid. All, that's all that matters. <laughs> and then when you get paid to win, that's the best. Yes, and they did that against Miami, and they've done it mm-hmm. in the past, just not this past weekend no. against Nick Saban. But, Nick no, Satan, yeah. I mean Saban. I didn't, uh, yeah. Whoopsies. Uh, <laughs> <you get>, really? <laughs> oh, you're hilarious. Coming up, our buddy Mike Claiborne on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Mike Claiborne is kind enough to join us every Tuesday morning. Of course, you can hear him on Cardinal Broadcasts on the Cardinal Baseball Network. You can also see all of Mike's great work, he and his team, at ClaibsOnline.com. And he's always kind enough to join us on Tuesday mornings. Good morning, Claibs. How are you doing? 
I'm doing well. Uh, hopefully everybody survived Labor Day and the weekend and all that good stuff. And, Klaibs, you and I, for the first couple of years of the Ascension Charity Classic, have had an opportunity to see each other out at Norwood. It's coming up this week. The first Pro-Am, as a matter of fact, is today. And what a great job the folks at Ascension have done and the folks at Emerson and all the sponsors of what has become a really key element of the St. Louis sports calendar in the in the Classic that starts today in Norwood. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Randy. Um, you know, we, we've been very fortunate to have some really good golf events here in St. Louis, but this is an annual thing that really has, has has a life of its own now. I mean, you know, because first of all, you have the champions, uh, everybody over 50 years old, so they understand how to work with fans and make themselves available. And, you know, I, I think you can learn more from watching senior golfers than you can, you know, the guys who are currently on the tour. Uh, their, their pace, their tempo, you name it. So it's it's fun. The weather's going to be spectacular. And if uh, you have nothing else going, this would be a great week to go out and watch some really good golfers and just have a good time. It's, it's truly one of the staples in our community now. Clapes, I want to ask you about, we're going to forget about Saturday because that was a terrible game. We were discussing that earlier. But on Sunday, there were at least some oh, bright spots. I remember spots. Sunday better than I remember it, Saturday. Exactly. Well, I don't think about Saturday. And that's, that's a good way to look at this because I, I don't want to remember what happened Saturday with the Cardinals either. But on Sunday, Zach Thompson was impressive and so was Jordan Walker. But I want to focus on Zach Thompson because we're trying to figure out all these different puzzle pieces with the starting rotation for next season. Seven innings from him with three runs, seven hits, six strikeouts, and more importantly, no walks. Do you think that he's starting to factor more and more to possibly be a part of that starting rotation next season? Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. Um, And, you know, I know that some would say, well, he's competing for the fifth spot. Well, you know, at last check, if you look at our rotation, I don't think anybody is safe as far as a spot is concerned. And, you know, I think anybody you show up to spring training and you, you don't walk anybody, you have a chance to be the opening day starter. I don't think there's a, an allegiance to anyone. I mean, granted, Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz are under contract, but if you pitch and you throw strikes, I don't care, you know, how long you've been around. I just need somebody to go out here and throw it opening day and then take it from there. Claves, uh, Moselock said a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, so a month or so ago now, that the Cardinals would be looking to – add three starters in the offseason. With the injury to Shohei Otani, with the news of Julio Urias, do you think that that number is, has shrunk because the market is, has shrunk as well and now you're going to have more teams vying for less pitchers? Yeah, well, you know, a good, good, good call. I don't think Otani's leaving the coast, the West Coast. I think he's either going to be in Seattle, San Francisco, or L.A. Uh, but, you know, Urias was a guy that I think everybody was kind of quietly kicking the tires on. But, you know, if he's putting his hands on his wife or whomever, you, you can't have him. I'm sorry. Uh, and I know this this is not the first time this has happened. So I think he's off the table. So you're right. Uh, the, the market really now has been enhanced. The question is, are you going to overpay for an under, underwhelming person? Uh, because, you know, a lot of times teams are just going, well, you know, we, we, we get him in our organization. He can do this and do that. Yeah, but he's still the same guy. So I think you have to be very careful in free agency this year. I think the Far East may have some more interesting candidates that you might take a longer look at. Um, but, yeah, in, in answer to your original question, yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting on how teams approach guys who may not be that good, but you may overpay them. And then two years later, you're looking at your assistants and say, who thought this was a good idea?
Claves, one of the things that the Braves have done, and the Cardinals will see Atlanta, is they have brought up their own young pitchers. Aside from Charlie Morton, you look at Strider, you look at Freed, you look at Kyle Wright, who's injured right now, you look at Elder. The Cardinals have just not been able to build young, durable pitchers. Waka was here, and yeah. he, he was great for a few years. We've had a ton of guys that had a ton of potential. Flaherty was great for a couple of different seasons, a couple of different stretches, and Alex Reyes was supposed to be great. Anthony Reyes was supposed to be great. The Cardinals, it seems like they just need to get lucky in having some guys that are healthy at the same time. Yeah, you know, I I really think it also depends on the mindset. You know, we need to have tougher guys, period. Okay? And and we've had some guys who've had some injuries. I get that. But we need to have guys who understand the mindset of saying we're not here just to pitch five innings. Um, you know, you, you look at Atlanta, and I, I always think about Leo Mazzoni, you know, who had all those great Hall of Famers. Now, granted, it's great when you're a pitching coach and you have guys who are Hall of Fame material, but you may have had a little bit to do with that. I think, you know, in this offseason, you probably have to look at the organization from top to bottom and, and who's teaching who what. Uh, whether it's pitching, whether it's catching, you name it, I think we have to make sure we look at the bigger picture and say, all right, the the mindset and the approach to the game has changed because there was a time when everybody wanted to model the Cardinals. Now the Cardinals have to figure out what model works for them and, and how they support that, you know, with good people who are in, instructing from A-ball all the way up to the big leagues. Claves, you were uh, talking about the, just the starting rotation. I want to talk about the bullpen. Is there anyone? Oh. Right, <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Is oh, there man. anyone other than JoJo Romero? He seems to be the only one I trust for 2024. Is there anyone other than him that you trust for 2024? Nope. Yeah. Mm. Nah. Yeah, I, here's the thing. <laughs> we're going to audition. We'll audition these people. But right now, I think that there are – seven spots in the bullpen that are available to be had. And some guys are on the roster, some guys are not. But think about it, Kerry. I mean, you know, we've blown more saves than anybody. So so why would anybody feel like, oh, yeah, we'll be all right? No, hell no. Yeah. You know, we, we need to just start over with the bullpen. And, again, there may be some guys that are currently in the bullpen that you say, well, you know what, you know, he learned a little bit. We can tweak this and tweak that. So maybe he's part of it. But, you know, JoJo Romero, and oh, by the way, JoJo Romero just became a candidate about a month ago. Mm-hmm. All right? So, you know, and he's pitching well. I know they've given him a couple of days off because he's really been pitching a lot recently. But that's the only guy. Everybody else is either on, in audition or playing elsewhere. Yeah, I say that all the time because, and I think people think I'm crazy. But if you're not playing well, you're you're risking your your job in a city or or possibly your career if you don't perform yep. well. And I think some of those guys in that bullpen are at that turning are at that point in their careers and their in their cardinal life that hey, if you don't get it right here in the next two to three weeks, you may be looking for a job somewhere else. Well, I, I would agree. I would agree wholeheartedly. And, and you know the 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 issue is, hey man, just throw strikes. You know, you were born, you want to pitch, pitchers throw strikes, and we have been killed with guys who can't, who have no control, walking too many people, you, you name it. So, you know, if you can't throw strikes or swing and miss stuff, I don't, listen, go find somebody, go, go, go to Pittsburgh. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Go yeah. elsewhere. I mean, it, it's just, 
you know, it, it's just been hard to watch. And, and Sunday, we almost had, we almost sprung a leak again. Uh, and, and it's just something when you look at the season, and, and people can complain about this and complain about that. Bottom line is, man, the bullpen just didn't do their job. And, you know, Dusty Blake, you know, this is rookie year as a uh, pitching coach. This guy, he, he puts about 8,000 steps on his Fitbit every day because he's walking to the mound trying mm-hmm. to get somebody to figure it out. <laughs> and, and I think he's a really good pitching coach. I, I think he needs time, but it wouldn't hurt to have some guys who could throw strikes because it's not like he's got the Yankee – he, it's not like Mariano Rivera or John Wetland or any of those guys out there. I mean, he just got a bunch of guys who are trying to figure it out, and it just it, it's not working with consistency. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. And you touched on the blown save. So they had their 26 blown save of the season. They're tied for uh, fourth in the league. Hmm. But you know who's the worst with 29 blown saves this season is the Rangers. How have the Rangers been able to still, I, I don't know if you could say, yeah, figure it out because nobody's striving to to be yeah. the leader in blown saves. But how have the Rangers, I guess, have been able to make it work? Well, you know what? A couple of things. One, they can mash. I mean, uh, Adolis Garcia, I think, is leading the league in the RBIs. They've got some real good bats in up and down the lineup. The starting pitching has been pretty good, you know. But but you make a great point, Brooke. That you know the bullpen, and it's almost like if I'm a starter, instead of going five or six, I'm like, shoot, I'm man, I got to go seven, I got to go eight, because I got to reduce the options in the bullpen. And that's what they run into. And, you know, they thought Chris Stratton was going to help. Chris Stratton is a bridge guy. Chris Stratton is a guy who gets you from the sixth to the seventh inning. He's not a closer. And, you know, they had uh, uh, Chapman, you know, and Chapman has been up and down. You know, hey, hey, uh, uh, Chapman uh, needs to understand, everybody throws 100 miles an hour now, Mm -hmm. okay? So hitters say, okay, I've seen 100 miles an hour, and I think I can at least put it in play. And so he's trying to figure out, okay, what else can I do? Because they've already seen my 100-mile-an-hour pitch. So it, it's it's interesting. But you know what? With all that said, they're still in the hunt. And that's what makes this, this game so crazy, that they're still in the hunt. Well, I think they're a game back, maybe two. But, you know, in, in a really competitive division. So, it, you know, the, 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 at the end of the day, if you don't have a bullpen, and this is how I would build my team. I would build with a closer, then a setup guy from both sides, left and right, a bridge guy, a long guy, and then I say, all right, let me go. Let me go find six starters because I don't think you can have starters anymore and say, all right, these guys will get us there. No, you better have some guys in the bullpen, and we don't. Ha- we didn't have them, and there's some other teams that are kicking themselves because they didn't fix fix it either. And I'm of the belief that maybe there just aren't enough good pitchers in the game. You know, they talk about expansion. I'm saying to myself, how can you expand? We don't have enough guys now. Right. Hey, Claves, one more thing before we get to uh, what's going on at ClavesOnline.com. Uh, Deion Sanders is a friend of yours. What was your impression of what he did with Colorado over the weekend? Uh, you know what? Not surprised. Uh, I knew he was going to give TCU a, a handful. Um, and, and if he and I go back. We, I knew him back when he was playing baseball. And we'll stay in touch. But you know what? Uh, his ability to motivate people, not just football players, but people is incredible. But let's do this, too. Let's talk about his coordinators and the game plan that they had, especially the offensive coordinator. You know, they ran the ball just enough to make TCU respected 
And then all of a sudden, once they started getting guys inside and trying to stop the run inside, they started throwing the ball. Uh, so it's a really good combination of what we have. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to run the table, okay, because I think he's a little short in line play. But you know what? If he can shorten the game and turn it into a, a, a one quarter, then who knows what can happen. But it's fun. It's good for the game. And it's the reason why Colorado is the most relevant program in the country. Them moving to another conference is because of what he's doing, and the TV money is going to be incredible. Now, if Fox, in our local Fox situation, if they get that trade, now maybe we can watch more of the game. I would like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is criminal, man. I yeah. mean, can I get on my soapbox for Please. a second here? Yeah. What, these, what these networks and providers are doing to us is criminal. Not only will we not be able to see the games, then when they fix it, they're going to charge us more. Yeah. And that's wrong. It, it's wrong. So for all those folks out there, go to Best Buy, get, your, get, get one of those antennas, plug it into your TV, and the hell with these providers. When it comes to this, and you know, when it's all said and done, I'm going to do more streaming. And, and really, what they're doing—they're putting the streaming industry in, in big business in what they're doing. You know, I saw Martin Kilcoin the other night at the uh, the deal with Joe Buck and, and Chip Carey, and I almost forgot he was on TV because it's been so long since I've seen. Him. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. I love Martin. He's one of my favorite people. But you know, the fact that what these operators and providers are doing is criminal to their, their, their customers. And what they did the other day, what was the one event when they gave you about 10 minutes of the game and then switched it all and said, oh, yeah, we, we can't carry the game. It was Mizzou. It was Mizzou's mm-hmm. opener on ESPN on Charter. You know, it, it's it, it, I am so chafed by it that uh, we we got to figure something out. But they've lost me as a customer. Absolutely. Claves, what's going on at Claves Online? Well, yesterday, because of the holiday, we didn't do lunch with Claves and Jones. So today, with everything that took place over the weekend, you don't want to miss it. If you think I'm riled up now, you should check in about noon today, and you'll hear me really, in an unfiltered manner, say a few things about a few people. Uh, we have Dr. Rick and his podcast with Rammer. I think Dr. Rick is in Turkey now, if I'm not mistaken. Then later this week, we have Huddle Up with Howard. We'll talk some football, uh, both college and the NFL, because the NFL starts on Thursday. And, uh, you know, it won't be long before we start talking hockey as well. And uh, what else do we have? Oh, we have a walk in the fairway with Nick Ragone as we get into the golf tournament this weekend, the Ascension Charity Golf Classic. And also we have uh, Good Nightingale with Bob Nightingale talking about baseball. While we're not in the race, there are so many intriguing stories of who's the MVP of the National League and the races in the American League as far as the wild card is concerned. So there's plenty of baseball to talk about. And hopefully the Cardinals uh, will do well on this road trip. They have their hands full. I mean, you know, you, you're talking about three teams, that, two teams that are definitely in the playoffs, and another one's fighting to get in the playoffs. We're going to find out what the Cardinals are made of and who wants to play this week. Absolutely. Claves, as always, great stuff. Thank you very much. Good to hear your voice and take care of yourself. We'll see you soon. All right. Hey, Kerry, what did we do this weekend? I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to catch your game, man. Uh, we got the win, 19-16 to 16 over yeah. Parkway West. Much needed. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Defensive stand at the end, Clay. Yes, indeed. All right, you guys send me the schedule, man. I got to come out. If you need me, I'll stand on the sidelines with you. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, I know that the, the, uh, the terminology is so creative these days. I'll just like dive left, dive right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm going to send it to you right now. 
man. All I right. look forward to coming out and checking you out. Man. You guys have a great week. You too, Mike. See you later. Mike right. Claiborne with us on 101 ESPN. Hey, you can join 101 ESPN and Bud Light for Blues and Brews on Friday night, September 22nd at the Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Get fired up for the Blues season at this outdoor street party featuring live music from country music star Chris Lane and local blues musician Marquise Knox, plus appearances by blues players and alumni, food trucks, blues merch, 101 ESPN giveaways, and more. Tickets on sale now. Visit 101ESPN.com. For additional event details and to purchase your tickets for Blues and Brews on September 22nd. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, why do college coaches think it's our job to pump up their programs? That's coming your way on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Sanders. Sprinting. Set. Delivered. You thought we were choking. And guess what? We keep receipts. God bless you, America. Ooh, God is good. Colorado with a stunning victory over TCU on Saturday. A lot of people saw it coming, but when you think about the fact that they were the worst team in college football last year and the TCU played for the national championship, TCU was a big, big favorite in that game, and Colorado was able to come away with a victory in Deion Sanders' first game as the Colorado head coach. And uh, he kind of thinks that everybody should be on board. Nobody, nobody should really question what's going on with Colorado here. What's up, boss? You believe now? You, you be, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, no. Do you believe now? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. I ran through that bull junk you wrote. I, I ran through that. I sifted through all that. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. You don't believe. You don't believe. And Deion Sanders wants everybody to believe. And sure, I, I, I appreciate that. Let's see what happens when Deion Sanders' team would take on a Georgia or an Alabama. It's a level of belief. Does he really believe that his team's going to go in and beat an Alabama or a Georgia? I'm not sure about that. But he seems to want everybody to believe, and it's going to take more than just one game. It well, is going to take yeah, more. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it is. I, I think what Deion is saying is basically, you know, there is a way to be in the media and and – you know, talk about whether or not you think a team is going to have success or not. When you belittle, when you talk down about the players, about the coach and how he's going about his business and you don't really either understand or care to understand what he's trying to do, that team went 1-11 last year. That was not a good football team, and they probably didn't have very good football players on that football team. So he shifted uh, in one off season, what they were to what they were, what they are now, and people didn't like it. They didn't like his demeanor, his way. But they've never liked Dion's demeanor. They've never liked how he carries himself, how he talks, because people want you to be humble. Or they want you to be uh, a certain way. And everyone, as I said earlier, with the Cardinals team, everyone does not have to fit a certain mold. You don't have to like a person, but that doesn't mean you talk down to or disparage the kids, the players that are are doing what they need to do. But should we believe that his team is great after one win against TCU? I don't think you have or to believe that. Or his program is great. I don't think you I don't think you have I think you still have 
you know, some people are still going to have the wait and see approach. But I think he was directing that at that particular person because of what that particular person wrote. I don't know what he wrote. I don't know what he said, but it was something obviously that got under Dion's skin and he wanted to address it in that moment. Well, and the journalist was Ed Werner, I believe, of ESPN. And a lot of people were trying to figure out what exactly he wrote or he said, and people couldn't figure it out. The only thing that people could point to is that he referred to Dion as a celebrity coach. And I could see how Dion could probably take that in a certain way because you're basically already trying to you're talking about belittling it's kind of like a backhanded compliment in a way I saw personally that whole thing the way that it played out is something that maybe Dion used to kind of bulletin board material to pump up his players a lot of coaches and people do that right in players is where you maybe kind of take all that hate and you use that to kind of man- manufacture some more energy and where it's like all these people are doubting us we're going to work against it so if that's what works for your team it's fine. And on the journalist and columnist side, I think a lot of people sometimes forget there's a difference between a journalist and a columnist. And a columnist is meant to give their opinion. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's going to have some things in there that maybe a coach or player disagrees with, Mm -hmm. but that is their job, is to give their opinion on it. Journalists typically just put facts out there. And I know that some people will say, that's not what journalists do nowadays. There is a difference and you are seeing those lines blurred more. But I think some people don't decipher or know the difference between the two. But with this interaction, I saw that Ed tweeted out. He said, Saturday was surely among the greatest in the life of Deion Sanders, both as a coach and father. Congratulations. It was mesmerizing to watch. So he handled it well. Mm-hmm. If anything, it got a lot of attention. Yep. Well, and by the way, Eli Drinkwitz is also trying to handle the media at Mizzou. And Mizzou is a J school. A lot of young journalists are on the the case there and there's a lot of young broadcasters at their radio stations so he's dealing with a a crowd of young people that are covering his games but i'm not going to let any of y'all decide i'm not going to let public perception decide we'll make a decision within these walls and we'll go with it but i'll be honest none of y'all's opinions matter at all so write them what you want say what you want it don't matter nobody cares in this locker room nobody cares they don't they're, they're, we're going to prove it on the field so nobody cares. So you can write your opinion if you want to. I'm almost going to go Nick Saban. I'm not going to tell you, so quit asking, but I'm not. Well, I'm glad he's going to prove it on the field. <laughs> that, uh, at the end of the day, that's, that, all that matters. that's all that matters. I mean, people – that's the thing. People have their opinions. People say certain things. They can They can – disagree they can agree whatever they choose but at the end of the day the only people as a football coach as a as an athlete as and as a sports team the only people that matter that should matter are the people that are doing the work inside those walls every so single day you don't care if people buy tickets if you're at the university of missouri well no you care if people i don't think he's talking about them he's talking about the media that is questioning him and questioning what he's doing does he know and in, in his opinion you know it's like hey we get I, I know what i'm doing from fans they do they yeah. Aren't, yeah they aren't media People have questions, but it's not as a head coach, it's not your job to tell every single step of what you're doing. Like I told you earlier, I had to call a timeout with mm-hmm. Parkway West having no timeouts left and the clock ticking down and people looking at me like I'm crazy. You all don't know what the hell's going on. And so for me as a coach and as for players, it's our job to make sure that we are doing everything we can do inside this locker room that prepares us for Saturday, for Friday, whenever you play that game, to be prepared for your opponent. I just think it's disingenuous, sorry, Brooke, to say to your fans through the media, we don't care what you think. 
I think he was talking to the media, not the fans. I think well, he was talking to the fans personally, yeah, because here's I, I the thing: that was media. he gets it. If you listen, you 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 set it up with something that's perfect about it. That in Colombia, the people are questioning him, and I know that Ben Fredrickson of the Post Dispatch he traveled out there, and he might have been one of the ones asking the questions. If you say prior that you were going to you know let things play out with two different quarterbacks but then there was obviously a difference in who was used more and then your whole post game you go into defensive mode it's like well of course people are going to ask you like who has it it kind of seems like Brady Cook got more you know opportunities so he's going to be the starting quarterback then it kind of makes a little less sense when you get so defensive it's like well we didn't say that you were going to use two quarterbacks this season. You said that. And then almost seems like the message is more towards the fans. It's how he's referenced in the past social media and how he sees and how you shouldn't care. But then he does care about what you see on social media and what people post. I think that you just have to be confident in what you're doing. And to his point, you don't care about what people are saying. You and can't. sometimes you don't have to say that either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or don't pay attention. Well, yeah, don't I, pay attention. Yeah. Don't let it bother you because who cares? If that's your quarterback, that's your quarterback. Yeah, I think it's a, a, a confidence thing. I think you see the confidence with Dion, but Dion has been that way yes. his entire career. Yeah, he, different... he is he but, is who he mm-hmm. is, and some people it may be attacking or antagonizing, but he is just who he is, confident, comfortable in his own skin. And sometimes drink may not come off that way, but I don't have an issue with him saying, saying whatever y'all write is not going to change our opinion. You don't have the power in your pen to change who we decide to put at quarterback. Maybe it was some gamesmanship saying we're going to play two quarterbacks and letting the other team not know what we're going to do. And he can and, and he doesn't have to explain that either because now, next week, the opponent is preparing for two quarterbacks because they still don't know who who's going to be the guy. If we have to have gamesmanship against South Dakota, we got bigger problems <laughs> in the quarterback competition. Oh, yes. <laughs> Coming up, rock and roll on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. 101 ESPN has your chance to score a pair of tickets to Guns N' Roses with special guests, The Pretenders, this Saturday night at Bush Stadium. Tickets for the show are on sale now, and you can get four select tickets for just 90 bucks. Get your tickets now at cardinals.com slash Guns N' Roses or text in now to 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO for your chance to win free tickets to the show. And Matthew's going to have your way to do it. You can also find a bonus chance to win tickets at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. All right, Matthew, lay it out for us here. We have a new way to give away things, but we're not going to get started with it today because I need some brainstorms from the listeners. Essentially, here. we're going to be doing a little game every time we have giveaways that the hosts are going to be participating in. They're going to have to do a quick, uh, they're going to have to list as many things as possible in 30 seconds under a certain category. So what I need from the listeners right now, send me in categories. So let's just say one that I don't want you to send in now, but a few uh, last year, we had Randy see how many, ta- how many different names he could uh, list for marijuana in under 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, we did have that. He, it was, it was, <laughs> It was, it was great. It was he got like he got like twenty seven. He was almost at one per second. But we're gonna do other things. So like you could do, you could do things. You know like candy bars, fast food restaurants. Just give me categories that you guys will have to list as many as possible in under thirty seconds. The listeners will then be guessing how many you guys can list in thirty seconds. And that's how we're gonna do some giveaways from here on out. Fruits, so today, sodas. I need categories. Whoever gets the best category today is the winner. of The tickets. Sports. I, I don't know. I don't Different think we can. Name, yeah, sticking ball sports. Uh, well, oh. Linda, Linda Wood has 50 sports. 50? How yeah. many of them could you name in 30 seconds? 50. 
You think you can name all fifty? Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> See, this is this is what I'm saying. Shooting. Oh, We're dominant dude. in shooting of the uh, We win the championship. Are these club every year. sports too that you're including? Uh, no, these are like D1 serious big time sports. You know what? Olympic club sports. You know what? Olympic sports could be a good would be a good category. Go. Okay, That'd be a good category. So anyway, yeah, text him in and uh, let's give us. You give us some ideas, and the person with the best idea today is going to win the Guns and Roses. Roses. By the way, we're going to—it's going to be great. We're going to get a little props. We're going to have a little like bag to like take out the categories. We're going to give you guys some really ugly pairs of noise-canceling headphones, so you can't hear what the listener guesses how many you're actually going to get right. So there'll be no cheating on the dais. We got one. What, no. what, what is it? Top 25 players in NBA history. No. I love that. I love that. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. That's a great one. Who's, we go off my list, bad. right? We just go oh off my, my list, right? God. We, we will be <laughs> I, all in trouble. I'm afraid. Yeah. I actually like the idea of doing like very subjective lists that oh. aren't act factual. It's like, all right, yes, we had Brooke, we, we we had had Brooke name her 30 top uh, fast food chain restaurants. How many of Brooke's top 30 can Randy name in 30 seconds? I actually don't hate that. I kind of those are, those are different. Oh, I wasn't God. thinking that way. Brooke, I, I, I would want to see that ranking. I don't know if I could name 30. I don't think I could. Brooke, could you rank 30 minutes that I couldn't name 30? Yeah, probably. Could you rank 50? Oh, 50? I don't know. You, I, you, like, you said yes to 30 without any hesitation, see, but 50 I was, is just... I was big 50. in the fast food game in elementary school and high school, and I've tried to be healthier since so, yeah. then, so I don't know if I'm up to date on yeah. all of them. All right. Good. Somebody said vice presidents, and I can't wait for Randy to pull that one and get oh. very angry at me. Oh, no. For, vice presidents is good. <laughs> okay. It's uh, good luck. <laughs> Gersh? Uh, okay. There you go. Sure. You talking baseball or... Yeah. So, Demoff, Demoff, I, I asked Demoff one time, he, one of the great answers that uh, Kevin Demoff gave of the very few, I, because he was the executive vice president or something, I said, why are you the president? I mean, you run everything. And he said, yeah, but presidents get assassinated. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. Yeah. And then I said, I wish. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, you Whoa. can't say that. What? Oh. <laughs> oh, I, I can't? Just <laughs> put a let. Remember, put a legend or allegedly yeah, in front allegedly. of it. There, there you go. go. There We're you go. We're not getting safe. sued on this show. The other thing you can say, and we used to have a segment in the fast lane, all you have to do is say, just saying. Yeah. We, just, just saying. saying. <laughs> just saying. You really don't mean it. Without due respect. Yeah. That's another one. There you go. Yeah. So great job today by our producer, audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, this is a fun Tuesday. Yes. Start of my week. Oh, oh and, Rock and doesn't have week. the audio. That's okay. okay. Mm, show us your yeah. face. Oh, no, that's not yours. Show us your face. Just like it. yours. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. For all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.